the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. All right. It is a Tuesday. And the power panel have all made it in. The roads are not in bad shape now. Now, we'll have some refreeze. However, uh, I know like 67, 167, I came in at 11 o'clock. And there are already dry, long, dry patches on that. In fact, I guess the things that kind of surprised me the most, R.D., was the places where most of the construction is going on, that one place where, you know, they're working on the bridges and all that. Yeah. Was as dry as a bone. What did they do to that? Did they like drive those NASCAR machines around to shoot <laughs> out the flames and and melt it all away and dry it out? I don't know. It probably just has a good angle on it. Yeah, I don't know. So where, yeah, where it's, it drains, drains, good. Where it's draining very yeah. well. I forty was pretty dry too. Yeah, when forty I, when I looked good. I mean, yeah, forty was good coming from sixty-seven one sixty-seven to thirty, and thirty was go. I was amazed that going over the river bridge was clean. And then got on 6.30, it was fine. Got off at university, it was fine. Even Father Tribu, for the most part, was, was all right. And I'm parked out in a very dry spot, so <laughs> I'm not too worried about going home. But you didn't come up Cantrell. No, I heard Cantrell. You it's were telling me Cantrell was, was wet and where it's uh, still It's still fading. a little slippery, a little tricky, and it's wet, so it's, it's going to down. refreeze. What, what time did you come through, Elizabeth? Probably about... Uh, maybe twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. Well, I, yeah, I just came. I just came through on Cantrell. It was fine. Was it better? Huh? It, no, no well, problem. Well, the sun hit it. No then. good. At all. Yeah. Well, that's good. You good. Know, you get a little bit of a breeze, even though it's like zero degrees <laughs> windchill. Uh, it it does a good job of um, dry stuff up. Yeah, you know, drying stuff up in so the sunshine. Tomorrow in the morning will be much better than it was this morning. So don't think you get to sleep in tomorrow. But it does not happen. Speaking of tomorrow morning, my yes. sister and I are actually planning to go up to Pettyjean to see the ice coming off the waterfalls. Oh, oh yeah. really? So, oh, um, yeah. if anybody wants to join us, we'll probably try to meet at Marketplace Grill in Conway. You're going to take that hike tomorrow? Yeah, it's planned. Oh, boy. So it's you're going to go, be cold. You're go down that one that's, really long. That's hike. the plan. Woo. So it's, it's, the ice coming off, are you going to. You want to see where go for a swim? Yeah. Yeah. The Polar Bear Club? No, I'm not that crazy but so so uh it's about a week and a half or so ago my sister and i actually went up there and um after the after the the real cold, bad cold and it was actually already warmed up and stuff but there was still a bunch of ice there and so we got to think boy this would have been cool to see back when it was actually cold and um and see all the icicles and all the snow coming off the waterfall essentially yeah. so, so what, I'd, what I'd like time are you going to do this well I'm, I'm i'm planning to actually meet at marketplace grill uh, at about seven fifteen, they're in Conway. Okay, and then we'll head on up to um, Pettyjean from there. Okay, I'm, and so we'll I'm prob- checking something out here for you right now. I'm I'm looking. 
the low tomorrow when you get up. Maybe at seven. When you when you arise tomorrow, uh, it will be around eight degrees That's with a, wind oh, chill. Sounds good with a wind chill. And I don't know what it's saying. What's it saying about the wind? The wind will be north by northwest at twelve with oh. gusts of eighteen. Oh, I'm thinking you'll be about twelve below zero. Oh, that works for me. Cover your face. I don't. I have, I have no my exposed face is already skin. Covered. I mean, you don't, no, 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 no. <laughs> no exposed. No exposed. You'll uh, breathe. I tell you, I tell you, uh, you, somebody punch you in the nose and just uh, just break, break off. <laughs> A guy yeah, told me at Kings River Outfielders one time. I told him I wanted to go. Uh, canoeing after a snow on king yeah. river up in the ozarks yeah and he said there's no bad weather for canoeing just bad uh equipment so if you got the right equipment yeah. there's nothing to I've it got, i've got a friend who used to go on cadron i think i think it was about a, it might have been one degree i can't remember he, he'd, t- he'd take it out on the on the cadron creek and uh, when it was really i cold. love canoeing i've always wanted to go canoeing with the snow mm-hmm. on the ground and watch yeah. the the bluffs with the yeah. ice on them That'd and be everything fun. Well, you know, one thing you could do, you could wear a wetsuit just for safety reasons. Sure. Wetsuits are, are really yeah. pretty impressive about how, how, how um, warm they right. keep you in cold water. Take somebody with you. Yeah, take somebody don't with go you. By your, don't yeah. go by yourself. Preferably someone who's actually uh, active and and yeah capable of pulling you out of the water <laughs> if you do get hit in the head or something. But, but yeah, no, a, wet, wow. a wetsuit and, and maybe was, some um, extra thermals underneath it. And, I was at the Appalachians this weekend. And I got to drive through the Appalachian Mountains, and there were a lot of bluffs that had uh, but ice, ice on and yeah. snow on the sides of the yeah. bluff where the water was coming off the side yeah. and frozen. So it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So so when we went up there the other day, um, there were kind of remnants of icicles that had fallen off. At least that's what it looked like. And just like a a two- or three-foot-long piece of it that would be as big around as your thigh or maybe maybe wow. twice the size of that. It looked like where it had fallen off from above. Ooh. And so I think it would be cool to see that when it's actually being formed. Do not sure. get underneath it. <laughs> I'm just warning you. Do, and I know certainly you, don't Paul. hold your breath. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. I, I'm do afraid not we, try to get I'm your head we, under the water. I'm afraid we can't even get up that close to it because it'll be too slippery to walk up there. I don't know. But you unless might, I have you cleats. might be able to make it. Unless I have cleats. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I could figure out a way to get there. Yeah. But and then tie let, some rocks let to my your, feet. Let your uh, sister piggyback on you. You'll be doing yeah. a spider. You should don't want to slide and fall in. No, I know. That's that's what it was. It was slippery the other day when we went. And it, a bunch of it had already melted, I think, but it was um, it was kind of treacherous then. So I had to walk gingerly, and um, but it, it was neat. It really was pretty. And if you get hurt way back up in there like that, it's going to be a hard hike to get Might out. Might be and get one help. of those expensive helicopter rides. Does your you sister like you? Pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> pretty well. Probably not enough to carry me, but it's, and it's not enough to call somebody. I, th- yeah, I think she probably. I think she'd probably call somebody. All right. Yeah. Well, that's we we get along pretty well. <laughs> okay. We got. I'm gonna get a uh, quick break in here in a moment. When we come back, the soda tax went into effect in the city of Seattle. Hmm. You're going to be dumbfounded, and so are the shoppers. Well, here I'll give you a, a little hint. The sign at Costco explaining the jacked-up price <laughs> for a case of Gatorade has gone viral. Yeah, because it is jacked up. Oh, my Lord. Unbelievable. Because on January 1st, Seattle had several new progressive laws go into effect, along with mandatory paid sick leave, mandates for employers to post work schedules 14 days in advance, and severe restrictions on short-term rental platforms like uh, 
Airbnb, all the rest of them, Seattle imposed a massive new soda tax. One and three quarters cents per ounce on sugary drinks. In response, at least one major retailer advertised in detail the reason for the significant increase in prices. This was in Costco. In Costco, famous for selling products in bulk, they're facing especially stiff price increases. On the previously mentioned pallet of 35 ba- uh, bottles of Gator- uh, Gatorade had a list price of $15.99. The tax was $10.34. Two-thirds of the cost. With a total cost of $26.33. And so they put a sign up. It says, important information (laughs) regarding the Seattle City Sweetened Beverage Tax. Effective January 1st, 2018, City of Seattle... Uh, sweetened beverage tax of one and three quarter uh, per ounce will be included in the retail of all sweetened beverages. Wow. The uh, tax does not apply to, and it says something like water. doesn't apply to that. doesn't apply <laughs> to milk. Uh, then it says this item is also available at our Tukwila and Shoreline locations without the city of Seattle sweetened beverage tax. People are going to be. And where the Costco is in Tukwila and where the Costco is in Shoreline, something tells me there's going to be a lot of Cokes and Gatorade purchased sold, out, outside, the out city. outside the city limits. Can you imagine, though, uh, paying a dollar and 75 cents per ounce on a sugary drink? 20 ounces on, I don't know if that counts a Diet Coke. Do they count for uh, artificial sweetened drinks hmm. in that? <laughs> you know, that, you know, that, that would be knows. interesting to see. You know, it's the government's job to change your habits. I <laughs> sat down at a meeting one time with the director of uh, transportation in Washington. He was at a meeting that I was at, and he said they studied the habits of, of, of car drivers, and they sat in meetings and tried to, and tried to come up with ways to change people's habits of when they drive and how they drive. So this is probably, you know, someone says, you know, we need to build some infrastructure and we need some more of that matching money from that free money from Washington. If people drink too many Cokes, so let's just, let's just uh, see if we can make people to start eating better and, you know, get our free money from Washington mm-hmm. both at the same time. A yeah. Coke, a 20 ounce Coke. Is uh, a dollar? Is it is uh, a penny? What's it? What is it? One, one, one seventy-five cents. One and three quarter cents per ounce. That means Whoa. if you, if you went if you went into Walmart today and bought a Coke, where twenty ounces run about a buck seventy-five now, it would cost you in Seattle two dollars and what ten or fifteen cents. It adds for for a quart. It adds. That's about fifty cents. I That's think. amazing. That's and, and so for Gatorade, if it's normally a dollar, dollar a quart, like at like at Walmart or wherever else, which is a pretty typical price, I think that, that that adds fifty cents right off the top. If if I understand it correctly, or just amazing. about fifty. Cents. Well, yeah, because they're going to get their tax first, don't you know? Right, because yeah. they still have sales tax, I assume. Oh, oh yeah, 
This is a special, a special tax. tax, right? And so, so because yes, anybody who drinks a sweet drink is a special person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm sure they're mm-hmm. going to do something special with it, like Obamacare, Medicaid expansion, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, our tax. Whenever they cut the tax for the veterans, they cut one tax and raised three. The <laughs> the governor and his cronies, and they also allocated part of the money to go straight to DHS for Medicaid expansion. Well, so and. The one tax that they cut was going to be revenue positive after more veterans stay in the state. And after it becomes revenue positive, then the, they've got the other three taxes that are permanent forever. Mm. So you actually got a tax cut that creates more money and three taxes that create more money. Mm. So it's a win-win well, situation. For the government. Yeah, for the government. For the, for the, for more the, government, less freedom. Now, when you put when the, when the government puts up a tag next to a product, and it says, uh, uh, you buy Monster Energy drinks, 24, 16 ounces. That's typically Costco prices, thirty two ninety nine. The City of Seattle Sweetened Beverage Recovery Fee. Hmm. <laughs> oh, a fee. That's not a tax. Sweetened so Beverage oh, Recovery fee. fee. So you don't have to say. If you're a politician, you don't have to say tax. They didn't raise taxes. You know, $6.72. They've probably lowered taxes in that state more than they've ever lowered taxes in the history of the whole state. Wow. Just by changing the but name But they to a changed fee. a few fees. <laughs> All right. Coke, Shh, Coke don't tell Asa. Here you go. Coke Classic, 35 12-ounce cans, case sale only because it's a Costco. The Costco price is $10.99. Add in the city of Seattle sweetened beverage recovery fee. And what have I always told you? That fee is just a, another way of spelling T-A-X, tax. $7.35 for the fee. For a total wow. of $18.34. From 10 to 18. Wow. Yeah. We'll teach From you not to drink to those sodas. Shoot. <laughs> That's like 80%. Wow. They said... Two wow. weeks in on the tax, and social media is on fire. Good. Maybe the hey, maybe those people will get a maybe get, they'll get the message. Maybe they'll get some <laughs> some. Maybe they will get the message and go and fire their city. I bet the yeah. liberal media is not on fire. Social media, maybe. Hey, you know that brings up what we were talking about before, and Elizabeth was researching for me. You know, last year what bill was it? Twelve sixty nine. HB twelve sixty seven. HB twelve sixty seven. Keep your thought. Yeah. We got to take a oh. break. I've been I've been told that we must take a break. Let's get a break. Then we come back. RD is going to talk about the tire fee because it ain't a tax. It's a fee. All right, it's a fee. At least that's what they tell you. We'll be back talking about it here in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got uh, Elizabeth here. She made it in from Conway. Oh yeah. Paul made it in from Conway, and uh, RD's here, and he made it in from Camp. So good job, guys. The show must go the on. The power must go on. That's exactly right. Steve Hest will be here later for the uh, Bible guys. Uh, Scott is still out. He'll be back next week uh, in the five o'clock segment. Okay, so when we left, I met I met uh, R. D. Hush for a moment because he wants to talk about the uh, tire tax. Now it is called a tax, right? It's not talk. Is it or is it called a fee? No, it's called a fee. <laughs> it's called a fee. Oh, yeah, it's called a fee. All right. Everybody Except understand. by most of us who understand the facts. That's right. Always remember, <laughs> let me re- remind you, that 
B is just another way to spell T-A-X, okay? Fee equals tax. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. It's House Bill 1267, if everyone out there hadn't read it. It's a 21-page Obama, Democratic Obamacare bill on tires <laughs> because they're such bad things. <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, it was it's a $3. They passed 12... 1267 passed a $3 fee every time that you get a tire taken off of a rim. It's a $3 state fee. And every time you put a tire on a rim, it is $1. So whether if they're both used tires or if you own both tires or not, every time a tire comes off and goes back on. So it's really four bucks, right? Four bucks. Okay. Four bucks per tire. So. One of the things that I really hated about it is because the people that buy used tires and the people that come to me in different places to buy used tires, they it, don't last that long. It hammers them harder. Right. So they, so the people that are poorer that buys used tires are going to get hit $4 every time they get a tire change. But, you know, if you buy a thousand or $1,200 set of Michelin's, you know, it's not going, it's not it's going a, to hit it's you. It's a pretty it's small bad. percentage of it's the price. It's a percentage of the price, and you don't need them very often. So it it hits your college students and the people working for, for minimum wage on the, in the more of the lower middle class harder than everybody else. But the strange thing about this tax is, is I just went and bought a couple of tires for my truck, and I looked, and uh, the uh, the Obamacare tire tax was not on there. The Obama hmm. tire tax wasn't on there. And, uh, so I had Elizabeth look up the bill, which I have a copy at home, but I hadn't read it in a while, uh, says it was supposed to start January the 1st. Hmm. At least one particular provision talks. I assume that applies to the whole thing. It says January the 1st. So, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping that this would be like, uh, Clinton's, you know, raise the car auto, the licensing fee for cars. Hmm you know, and lose the next election. Yeah. I thought this might be something that would woke up the voters to how socialist our current you know, establishment is at the Capitol and say, uh, hey, and wake them up a little bit. But it looks like that this bill may have been postponed hmm. to a later the, date for some who reason. Who knows? Maybe the regulators haven't, haven't enforced it yet or, or maybe the – Maybe the administration has kind of slowed it down a little bit on purpose, perhaps, or maybe people just aren't paying attention. If you're a tire dealer out there and you know for a fact whether it has or has not been postponed, yeah, let us. us know. We didn't see it on the bill. So, 823-0965. There you go. Yeah, if anybody knows about it, we'd like to hear. Of course, if you read all 21 pages, it grows government. Uh, it puts them inspecting trucks that cause tires. All tire dealers must have a certified computer to report them. The person has to be training that runs the system. You know, your truck that hauls tires has to have a state certification on oh it. Oh, my gosh. They're right, cons- because because hauling tires is a dangerous thing. Yeah. you got to be trained. you got to be wow. trained. Yeah, well, see, because someone hauling tires, man, they might hurt somebody. But those stickers, I bet they're a fee for those stickers to put on your truck. <laughs> you and think? I bet they're a fee for training the people to Quite operate possibly. the state computer. And they're consolidating the number of tire drop-off centers in the state from around uh, 10 i'm i'm operating by memory to about five so there's going to be the tires will have to travel a farther distance mm-hmm. and probably be worse on the the uh pollution the, the and, pollution and everything and, and on whatever else just the and the and the haulers are may, there maybe be fewer haulers available so the cost of getting they won't be them. certified so they'll be less certified so right and so there so, so some of these 
maybe these high school boys that wanted to haul some tires to the local tire shop won't be able to do it anymore because they don't have the certification to have a sticker on that truck to make sure that truck's certified by the Mm. state of arkansas to haul tires so 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 one of the republicans going to get their act together and actually impose some economic liberty impose the wrong word but but um enact some economic liberty that actually frees people up to make a living instead of when we strangling when we find a republican i'll let you know okay (laughs) when we find one one who's not a conservative yeah there's 20 percent I think there are a 20% ratio at the state capitol, a Republican that would f- pass a Bill Clinton test. <laughs> Only 20%? It is 25 minutes till 3 on a very cold Tuesday, but the roads are uh, looking a lot better. They have uh, melted, for the most part, where there's the sun's hitting them and have uh, dried out even. So tonight, the best thing you can do as you're going home is just go slow and steady and watch and just know, you know, I don't know if you can call it this anymore, but be careful of black ice. That's got to be a racist Now you're term. being racist. I'm just saying that's got to be a racist term anymore by some people. You have privilege, Dave. You're I, a white guy, yeah, so I you understand about that thing. stuff. So okay. be careful. Because yeah. I just read more of that story about the beverage tax in Seattle. And they said that they wanted to tax, uh, you know, sweetener that was used in, you know, artificial sweeteners that were used in these drinks. They wanted to uh, tax uh, Starbucks coffee that used the syrups and stuff in them (laughs) because rich people uh, drink most of that kind of stuff and it would have been racist. In fact, they said white affluent consumers then it would be racist to not include the fee and tax on those products. But when all push and shove came to the end, Starbucks won out because Starbucks mm. corporate offices are in Seattle. Seattle. Uh, and they pulled the tax from them and from artificial sweetened drinks. So they really do have the best laws money can buy. Well, well of course. It's the way it always works. Hmm. I'm sure that the mayor got a call. Wow. From Starbucks. Interesting. That's kind of like yeah. so, colleges so, so, so and little, gun laws. A little huh? bit of crony capitalism going on there, perhaps. Maybe I'm just assigning motives, motives incorrectly, but, you know, it's an awful How about a religious freedom law? Do you think there's any anything oh. when a religious freedom law in, comes in, out? In Washington? No, no, in uh, Arkansas. Oh, in Arkansas, perhaps. But you remember a religious about... freedom bill that we had oh. that started out to be a real, a real, real, real good bill? <laughs> And by the time of some phone calls were made, it was like a not real bad bill. <laughs> and kind of like well, a gun but, bill but that you, started but, out to give but, people but, freedom to carry guns on campus but, that but, had concealed weapons till but, after it was over. You know, we've got, we're going to have less uh, well, instructors it, because they have to do more than they used to. Well, I think it's just one of those things. We've got, we've got people that are confused, confused gun privileges with gun rights and other, and other things of that nature, I think. And so we have people that don't actually believe in liberty and justice. What they believe in is basically the government's our master and the government's going to give us back certain privileges if we ask nicely and, and maybe jump through some hoops like a, as like long a, as we re- like, a, like a well-trained lapdog. Right. All right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always said that our country has lost its collective mind. So let me bring this story to you. RD, do you have your seatbelt on? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I'll hold on. All right. You Here have we your seatbelt on over there, Mr. Uh, 
about hey, to go you, for a ride. You just eat the, the oranges over there. Mr. Paul, do you have your seatbelt on? I'm not a seatbelt, but I've got a belt. Well, you got a belt. Got a belt. All right. Biological women who legally define themselves as men will not be routinely scanned for breast and cervical cancer, even if they retain these organs and Mm. remain at risk, according to the National Health Service. Mm. However, at the same time, biological men who regard themselves as women are being invited for cervical smear tests even though it's impossible for them to have a cervix, an official guide. You need to have your pap smear every year. You can have a fake fake pap smear. Are they going to give them pregnancy tests too? Well, here, the guidelines, which will put lives at (gasps) risk and encourage a physically impossible test test on non-existent organs, have been introduced to avoid, quote, triggering gender Dysphoria. Somebody's going to feel in the bad. Transgendered. Somebody's going to feel All bad. women aged 50 to 70 who are registered as a female with their GP are automatically invited to breast screening every three years. And the practice is thought to save more than a thousand lives a year. Quote, if you are a trans man, a biological woman, you won't be routinely invited for breast screenings. Because cancer knows. We, yeah, yeah, we recommend okay. you consider having... A breast screening if you have not had chest reconstruction, top surgery, or still have breast tissue, the document reads. Hmm. However, even those who have had a double mastectomy and their breasts removed can get breast cancer mm-hmm. if some tissue remains. Yep. Biological men who have taken female hormones and developed breast tissue can also be at risk. So-called trans health advisor, Aiden Woolton, featured in a related NHS Choices video and blog post where he claimed that smear tests could be uncomfortable for trans masculine people who are biological women as it could offend how they perceive themselves. Wow. He also claimed that words Hmm. and references to the biological organs of men and women can trigger feelings of gender uh, dysphoria in the transgender. The key. So get it. They'd rather you die than feel you bad. Feel you get, might you feel, feel bad. bad. And your if your feelings might be hurt, if you're a man that thinks he's a woman, Jeez. even though you still have your twig and berries, you can show up for a pap smear. Hmm. Who's paying for this? So, so, so it's the national yes. health. National health. That so, would be so that, that would be you and me. So, oh, that, oh, so if that really confused person ends up with prostate cancer, is the government just going to come along and deny that he has it, I or have she no has idea. it, or it has it, or whatever the c- case may be? I'm sorry, people. I think at some point we need to stop encouraging psychotic behavior. This just goes, well, goes to show to... that new laws have nothing to do with our well-being. Or reality. Or, or, reali- or reality. Or reality. Right. I so, mean, reality is lost. Our key- well-being is lost. So are, there is no justice at the Department of Justice. I know well, the cancer uh, the cells FBI get up in the morning. The FBI is all political. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah Elizabeth's got what a point here. Left be, be, because the, the fact is that, yes, the cancer, the cancer, the cancer cells. The cancer gets up in the morning and says, and oh, well, well. You know, you, you, you had a sex call change. Yourself, so, yeah, right. So, so we're, not, we're, we're not going to attack. And give you cervical cancer. Insanity. This, this time. Just hey, insanity. I'm for treating everybody equally. I mean, <laughs> let's treat everybody the same, but 
let's use common sense. If somebody is in danger, let's give them a test. And if there's nothing to test you for, let's not test you just to make you feel like something you're not. And I say, if you don't want to be tested and you get it, the heck with paying for your health care. So, right. so are, these, are, are these women who decide that they're a man, are they going to get a prostate exam? I guess I if they know. want one, they should. I mean, now <laughs> you start something, get one Paul. The, they're going to be agitated. Are they going to get the new they're one march where they for look that. at your blood, or are they going to get a finger the, wave? The, the, they're the going to march now exam? for the right to have a you know a, a digital did, prostate well, we, exam. I'm military, sure they will. We called it a finger wave. Okay. But that would be unfair any other way. I well, mean, is, well maybe. I'm going to have my daughter's big test for heartworms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I think it's a dog. Right? Yeah, thanks. It's a oh, dog. Yeah, he yeah, he's a dog. yeah, yeah. We're going. She's going to get a pig that that uh, that identifies as a dog, so she can have it in the city limits. So that mm. means we'll need to give it heartworm tests. That's right. Okay, so That's right. A conservative, or its feelings might be hurt. A conservative stands up and makes a logical statement. Laura Perrins, who's a conservative women's campaigner, said we're now we've now got to the point where state collusion with this transgender agenda is endangering the health of women it's a ludicrous use of resources to invite men for a cervical smear test while it's immoral and dangerous not to invite women well when you think Amen. about the idea of having limited resources and every dollar that goes to that ridiculousness can't be spent on real health issues yeah that's a danger that's a real factual thing so you gotta you gotta love it anymore you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings so what about my feelings my feelings you're a woman you can go in and get a pap smear so how does the military feel about this now or or the government in general like with um selective service i have no idea so, so so if a guy refuses to sign up for selective service and they come and arrest him and get ready to put him in prison is he gonna just basically you know what i felt like a woman i'm sure is it, they're, they're and that'll be perfectly go? fine. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, so That's so what? So what about these people that in in the past um, refused to sign up for selective service, and so they got nailed with a felony and got put in prison? Are they going to? Can they now go back and have their sentences um, reversed hmm. and be paid for all that prison time they spent? Because the fact is that you know if 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 there's no difference in male and female, I mean, what's what's the deal? Are they going to be able to get paid for the time they spent in prison? And we'll pay for their lawyer only um, if their feelings were hurt. All right, mm. quick break. We can't make this stuff up. It's mm-hmm. the real deal. All right, Safari Pets, don't forget about them over in uh, Cabot. It's the largest independent pet store in Arkansas. If you're not, you know, if you're uh, in the Little Rock area, out in uh, Lone Oak or whatever, uh, if you haven't gone to Safari Pets and, and you got pets, you're missing out. And your pet's missing out because they offer everything that uh, you'll need for taking care of your pet or pets. They're located at 808 West Main in Cabot. Their phone number, 501-628-0067. And they're located on the internet, safari-pet.com. They take care of regular pets and exotics. I mean, whether you got a dog or a cat, or you got a guinea pig, a ferret, uh, a rat, a snake, a bearded lizard, or a tarantula. They've got everything you need. If you need crickets, take care of your uh, lizards and stuff. They've got crickets that they can sell to you as well. That all happens at Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. Again, the number 501-628-0067. Hey, let me tell you what. If you run into a plumbing problem at your home or your business, the place to call 
Harrell Plumbing. Best plumbing uh, outfit that I know of. Earl has uh, spent the money for the, have all of the uh, equipment that can do all of the work, like uh, without tearing up your parking lot for your business or your slab of your home. They can uh, burrow underneath uh, your house and underneath your business, that parking lot, whatever, fix leaks that way. If you live over in the heritage side of the city where you got uh, those uh, steel and iron pipes, they have ways now to fix those without digging up the pipes and replacing the pipes. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that's big time expensive. They've got a way of doing it that you don't have to spend as much money to get your pipes and uh, your sewer pipes fixed uh, up in those heritage areas. Beyond that, they've got the people to do the jobs. They're master plumbers. They're ready to, to handle everything, and they'll work with you to find a way of fixing your problem on a pay scale or on a, a charge that fits your budget. That's, uh, of course, Arrow Plumbing, aeroplumbing.net, or just Google them at Arrow Plumbing. You get all the information you need to be able to uh, check it all check it all out as far as where they're located and all of that. All right, so right now the uh, the doctor who handles the president over at Walter Reed is uh, cluing in the media about the, the president's uh, health right now, says he's in great health, that his cognitive ability, sorry for all the people on CNN and MSNBC saying that he's crazy, uh, is good, no problems with that at all, and uh, that the president was the one who asked for the cognitive testing so that he could basically, I think, throw it back in the face of the people that are making, uh, you know, questions about it. And uh, basically the, said that Trump is very smart and articulate. Their, their biggest concerns is his cholesterol is high and they want to get it under two, uh, under 200. I think it's 220. They want to get it under 200 and they want to get his LDL below 20. He said he would benefit for a look from a little bit better diet. That's <laughs> it. So, Hey, all you libs, he's going to be around a while. All right. For at least Aww. eight years. Don't you love it? So that means, so that, so there that you maybe, go again, maybe making that, him feel bad. So that means filet instead of prime rib. Is that, yeah, what, is that what that means? I have, that means, it means, uh, a sirloin steak hmm. instead of, uh, you know, something bloody and near raw. It's probably means I have the cleaner. vegetables instead of the French fries. Yeah. That's, <laughs> he, he likes, I mean, from what I understand, uh, he's kind of like uh, President Clinton. He likes a good hamburger. He likes to eat hamburgers. Yeah. I just had a David's Burgers today for uh, lunch. Fat. Yeah, they're good. I had a double. Mm, wow. It was good. <laughs> the only problem was the guy, he tried to cook everything out of it. You know, they, they try to cook now so that they kill everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the problem is when you cut into it and it turns into ashes, that's cooked a little <laughs> too well done. You know what I'm saying? That oh, was really cooked well done. The cheese in between the patties was burnt. Crispy. Mm. It was burnt. I mean, yeah, that is kind unbelievable. Of yeah, I don't mm. need it that way. So I'll tell them from Pro- now on. Pro- make it medium. It should have a little bit of red in it. Well, just, just think that probably wasn't hard any fat in it. Everybody likes yeah. them a different. <laughs> everybody <laughs> likes them a different way. So you just have to ask yeah, so for it the ask. way you want. Yeah, that's exactly me, right. You know, I don't. I don't want it. Well, 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 well done. All right, that's the way it was. <laughs> you don't want a hockey man. puck. It, oh boy, it was. It was it was well done. I'll just say it that way. I never had a hamburger I didn't like. 
Mm. Well, I didn't. It's not that I didn't like it. Right. I wished it had been a little juicier. Mm. They yeah. took the juices out of it, man. That's yeah. what they I li- did. I think I, I like mine probably between medium, medium well, somewhere in that neighborhood. I like mine medium rare. Mm. <laughs> yes. I would probably like it that way, but I'd be afraid to eat it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Beef is good shape now. Yeah, for the most part, you know. And if you really have any problems at all, go call Lewis Family Beef. See how yep. I worked that in there, Paul? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Lewis they're, Family they're, Beef, they're buddy. Cool. They're cool people. Uh, they got a good product. They're selling, evidently. I've talked to good. Cody. Things are going well for him. I'm glad. Good. Yeah, they're, they're happy for him. They're, they're pretty cool people from what I can see. And Well, here's what I like. They said, and I've talked to some people who has bought, have bought their beef, that uh, they won't buy beef anymore at the big box stores because you, you can – tell a definite difference in the taste good so cool good. Yeah. well i mean if, that's if you, what no antibiotics nor no, no right. uh, hormones right. does. You, no fillers when you when yeah. you can drive by and see the animals out in the in the field and eating grass as opposed to the big feed lots where they're standing in poop all the time yeah and, and all and stressed out and eating who knows how who knows what sometimes some of these people actually feed their cattle chicken poop i know i've talked chicken about litter. that i mean it's it's that's that's kind of where we're coming to in america is that, is that what you want there uh rd you want a chicken hamburger poop. knowing that the beef has chicken poop, in, poop well, in it? the key is knowing <laughs> what you do not know will not hurt you most of the time <laughs> yeah you guys messed me up for my hamburger yeah if you don't know it it won't hurt you well, but if you have a choice you're going to make the choice to get not. the the fresh organic kind of like stuff. hot dogs of course our bodies are pretty tough but you know you we we abuse ourselves long enough we it may come back and bite us okay so let me just say i want to get a job that i'm paid by the federal government for instance i just so you guys will know that i'm not making this up this is what it says about in the story government gives san diego state professor $430,000 to study Latino grocery store purchases. Hmm. 400000 Wow. Now. No, $430,000. $430,000. <laughs> oh, sorry. 430, so, my, so my question is, how do you do a study like that? Do you go out? I mean, you, could, you surely it's just not one person. And then you well, extrapolate. Why do we, are we are looking sure this for? Isn't just a peeping Tom who, why likes, do we to, care? who likes to wa- watch women shop? Yeah, I don't why know, man. They? I mean. Who says now that's a sexist remark that only women shop? Ooh, well, there you go. Far, oh, you're careful. a sexist there, Paul. Well, how far have we got away from the Tenth Amendment? I mean, watching different watching groups buy groceries. Well, how do you tell it other than you got to be walking up and down the aisles so, because it's not on it's not on your registry. Of course, at the top, Latino, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Caucasian. Well, now, did they say Latino shoppers guns, or people at Latino groceries? It says, let me go back and read this again. It says, government gives San Diego State Professor $430,000 to study Latino grocery store purchases. Now, I don't Hmm. think that means how many Latinos are buying grocery stores. (laughs) I think that has to do with. What are the Latinos buying in the grocery store? So there's, well, I guess there's three different three possibilities you know, with that. Seems, <laughs> seems to me it'd be pretty stores. easy to ask the grocery store what they are selling. Huh. Well, well, you don't got to do a study; just look yeah. at what they're selling. Yeah, but what do you? I mean, but, if it's just, you, if, if you, I went to Walmart, it's not broken down by 
Shoppers. How many Latinos bought, uh, you know, uh, avocados? I mean, it's well, not set up but that that's way. Unfair. I think I've got a grip yeah. on this, Dave. I think I know what this is up to. What here. is it up to? In light to the story before when they were levying taxes on drinks, whether they be sweet or whether they be uh, sugar or where if it was coffee or not, they were trying to levy taxes so it beats everybody equally. <laughs> so if you've got a group that eats, say, more bananas than mm. another group that eats more... <laughs> avocados you've got to balance it mm-hmm. out there so whenever you beat them on taxes mm-hmm. that you beat them both equally right. because, because you don't want to single out somebody like they're poor and they buy used tires more than people that buy new <laughs> tires so you need to jack it you know proportionately so whenever you're beating everybody you beat everybody right, so, fairly across the board so they're all bleeding equally so they're all ble- i've got bleeding more on exactly. this story and you thought it couldn't get any weirder? <laughs> it gets worse. Wait till I come back and tell you the rest of the story about this. Unbelievable. And our tax dollars is paying for it. So Dave Ellswick's show, we're back for the 3 o'clock hour in a moment after Fox News. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com call us at 501-400-8250 or google me kimbro stevens and we look forward to hearing from you okay let's move back into the uh three o'clock hour of a tuesday show here on the dave ellswick show 96.5 fm uh the answer and i'll get back with you just a second on the san diego professor who is being paid nearly a half of uh, a half of a million, million dollars, dollars to study about Latino grocery store habits. Tell me that's not a scam. It's amazing. I'm trying to bring the story up again here so yeah, I can yeah, not only it, it's probably just some guy likes to likes to um watch pretty the the pretty Mexican women shopping. Well, it's not a guy, it's a, it's a woman. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well. It's a woman doing is, it. Okay, so here here's the story. Let me just read a uh, San Diego State University professor was given $430,000 by the federal government to study the grocery store habits of Latino Americans. According to a report, Professor Ana Castro of San Diego State's College of Business Administration has received a $430,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to study the grocery store purchases of Latino American families. The purpose of the study is to learn how Latino Americans can combat obesity by making healthier choices at the grocery store. It seems pretty simple to me to come up with the answer to that, but we're going to spend a half a million dollars on it anyway. According to the grant proposal, the study aims to identify 
the factors that lead Latino families to purchase unhealthy items at the store. The proposed research will identify in-store and parent-child factors that influence grocery purchasing behavior, a behavior that occurs multiple times per week and has implications for dietary intake and diet quality through foods and beverages consumed. The uh, modifiability of in-store and parent-child factors makes them excellent intervention targets and examining their influence on grocery purchasing uh, behavior is innovative and significant. To conduct this study, Castro will follow Latino American families as they walk around the supermarket. She will analyze conversations from the entire shopping trip, in particular those between parents and their children. She plans to utilize eye tracking technology to determine the products that the shopper's eyes land on first. So this is sort of like a government-sponsored stalking. The uh, grant sets out that the project hopes to find solutions that will help promote the adoption of healthier diets amongst the Latino population. Identifying strategies with the potential to promote the adoption and maintenance of healthier food and beverage purchasing is essential for improving health outcomes, including rates of obesity, the grant reads. Now, let me just ask this question. (laughs) Wouldn't it seem to you that you don't have to follow them through the store. You don't have to listen in to the discussions. You just meet them at the checkout line and find out what they got in their basket. But that wouldn't it's, cost 430000 days. none <laughs> of the government's business what our behaviors are and what we eat. I would rather die early from eating bad food in a free country then have a government that's trying to control what I eat and how I behave and where I drive. Half of the government in Washington time is spent trying to identify our behaviors and try to modify our behaviors and control us to do what they want us to do. How about living in a free country? Well, here's the key. If the person was paying for this on their own and there were Latino families that wanted them to follow them around and do this. I'd have no problem with it. I do have problems that like the, uh, the shrimp, uh, study they did a few years ago about putting shrimp on, on specially developed treadmills to see, <laughs> I'm not making it up. I'm not making it it's up true. to see how true. long they can run on the treadmills. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's just, that's not the right use of, Taxpayer well, money. Well, part of the problem, though, is that you have government involved in health care. And so then they think, you know what? All these people are living unhealthy lives, and that's expensive. So therefore, we need to help control their, their eating habits as well. And so at some point, w- when government gets out of line in one area, then it makes sense for them to start getting out of line in other areas. But the problem is we don't have enough intestinal fortitude to step back and say, you know what? The government is wrong in all these points, and we need to stop the, the, the government from being wrong. And so what ends up happening is conservatives come along and say, you know what, we're going to make this socialism more conservative, as opposed to just saying get rid of the socialism. Well, 
just like we know from Delta Dental and the in and how political they can be in the state of Arkansas, <laughs> it looks like that the federal government is doing the research for the insurance companies hmm. because the insurance companies are the ones that's interested. They're not worrying about how long people live or how healthy they are. If you believe that, you know, I don't know where you've been living at. What they want to know is, is how can we save money from health care and, and, and oh, so, so, be able to, to make more money on our premiums from the health so, insurance? So, so ideally, I guess a health insurance um, company wants you to die of a heart attack, just snap right there. And so it costs them, what, $10,000 of hospital bills and you're done, as opposed to the person who, who actually gets strung along on, on more expensive medical bill, medical health issues. And so, so maybe they're trying to figure out ways for people to live very, very healthy until just and, – and in 10 minutes they're dead and it costs the health insurance companies almost nothing. Is that kind of where, where they're coming to? Well, it's just like it, – to me it's just like Delta Dental comes to the state of Arkansas and they say, hey, we want fluoride in everybody's water. Mm-hmm. We're having to pay for everybody's uh, dental insurance. We, we sell dental insurance in mm-hmm. Arkansas, so we want – fluoride to be in everybody's water so it will improve the return on our insurance because less people get cavities now we don't care if they die of a heart attack we don't care if they get liver problems or anything else all we care about is we're in the dental business so there were many small water companies in rural areas that says we do not want to put this poison in our water but you know our small government local control republicans Rolled over for a Delta Dental once again. Well, well, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that um, I understand that, that fire departments actually kind of work that way on some level as well because fire departments, from I understand, used to be privately owned by the um, 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 fire insurance companies. For your, so your, your homes would be insured by an insurance company for fire protection. And, the, and the, um, the insurance companies would actually build fire departments to protect their own investments, their own, um, their own um, um, responsibilities. Right. And then somehow, I guess, government came along and, and figured out a way to, um, uh, to to deal with it. Maybe that was due to insurance companies trying to figure out a way to um, to get the government to pay for the fire departments instead of themselves. Yeah. Like I said, I don't have any problem if they want to do these studies as long as somebody's paying for it and except not us. <laughs> the insurance I don't companies. think, you know, I don't think that uh, – well, it's not our job to teach Latino and, Americans to make healthier choices at the grocery store. I'm sorry. Well, if somebody wants to do that, that's, that's up fine, to them. but not on my dime. Yeah, but not on our dime. I, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Do right, whatever you right. like, no, but not to, on taxpayer totally, money but, when we're but, doing without military. We're doing without a lot of major well, important and, things that we need because right, we're doing this garbage. We have, we have primary functions of government right now that are lacking. Like we've got a judicial system. Where it might take you what two or three four months to get a, to, to to see a judge if you need to sue somebody who's who's cheated you or whatever it may be several weeks at least in some cases I think but but then we're spending money on this kind of garbage. Well, you, we got to have social justice. Oh, that's that's what we have a federal government for. Oh, yeah, I want to. But only leftist social justice. Oh, right. not CBS, for us. ABC, CNN, all reporting the doctor. To the president has says he has fantastic cognitive ability. We just mm. put out the breaking news on your social feed so <laughs> everybody would know. It's amazing. It's, I just tell you, it's breaking amazing. news. There was well, I'm one, good. I'm saying, one psychiatrist at CNN kept using over and over and over again, kept saying, 
he shows signs of uh, dementia. He shows signs of this and all the rest. One. So, so, so some guy. They ran with it as a huge breaking story. So, some guy is apparently smart enough to basically hoodwink and manipulate. No, it was a woman. No, no, I'm talking about Trump here. Oh. He's actually smart enough to figure out how, how to manipulate the media and. And win the presidency, and just and and feed the media their their own garbage for for what six or eight months during the campaign, and they're going to say, well, this guy's obviously psychotic because he took advantage of us, and we were too stupid to understand yeah. what was going on. Well, the bottom the bottom line is is that the whole cognitive testing uh, that he went under uh, was not supposed to be part of his physical, and became part of the physical physical because the president asked for it shows you that he wasn't he's not afraid to take on the people who are always bitching about apparently him. he's not afraid to take on the, the establishments of both sides of both parties in washington you know that's the only thing that might make you think he's crazy thinking that he can make in a difference up there but hey i'm glad he's made a I'm difference he is making yeah, a huge difference already difference, even against so. every single thing that's been thrown at him think what we could have accomplished i think if we obama had not. should have had a cognitive assessment no doubt that, that about might it. be something you want to give every president to be honest with you i don't yeah. have any problem how about with that. speaker pelosi yeah, well she's a nut job i mean if you can't I mean, see you know, that, there's something wrong with you. If we're going to look at making sure that our elected officials are mentally stable, then we've got some looking to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if there I mean, a, most of them are corrupt anyway. If there's I a mean, mental clarity test, how many we would We all have to out? understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, isn't, it, isn't that something that everybody needs to understand is that most pol- politicians out there are corrupt? I think, I think in some way. Maybe yep. some less than others, yeah. but well, I think, uh, all of them seem uh, to be corrupt I have a friend who's... I think an awful lot of them are, but I think a lot of them, they don't know right from wrong well enough to understand that they are corrupt in some cases. I mean, you've just got people down there that that they they honestly don't know that what they're doing is evil. Mm. Like trying to study people and change their behavior. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Like, like let's, being... follow, let's follow politicians around oh. and look at their – uh, the money that that they get from people and, and the uh, what their voting record Dave, shows, and, Dave, and, and the we conversations need to have... they have with with their constituents or, or their 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 bribe acceptors. Hey, or... I'd like to know what all the what all the uh, politicians in Arkansas that have consulting firms. I'd like mm-hmm. to see you know, they've got consulting firms, so you don't have, you can't see what they're getting paid to pass bills. I'd like to see the results for the consulting firms and the <laughs> ones that are lawyers. I mean. We we could do a half a million dollar study on how marble hallways change the opinions of conservatives who are elected mm, to the legislature. That could be an interesting. Mm, we could follow the money around. for it. That could be an interesting. <laughs> study. Never get the money for it. Clearly, <laughs> now Mark, you're cutting too hey, close to the grain. There's an effect hey, there I'll that make does a donation. need to be studied. That, I'll make a donation. <laughs> that may very very well be a, a hazardous um, inhalation risk. <laughs> that's all right. Maybe that's what it is. It, it could be. be a good it, shot. Just, it must be just some. It puts off some sort of gas. Or, must be you know granite pieces in the air somehow you may get audited. the brain or something small microscopic <laughs> particles like the tea party yeah you may get audited or you mm-hmm. may uh hardening of the brain or something there <laughs> pi roofing and home solutions don't forget about why they've added home solutions and it's because they understand if water's getting into your house it's destroying things inside your house you might have drywall problems you may have staining problems you may have 
uh, you know, mold problems. And the folks at uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions understand that. They also understand it's hard to get a contractor to come in and do all those different things. They may be good at drywalling, but not good at painting. Good at painting, not good at drywalling. Uh, not good at either painting or drywall repair, but they can knock out mold in a heartbeat. Well, Joel Johnson understood that, so he put together a team that now works with uh, the folks at PI Roofing, and they can take care of the interior painting, the drywall repair, the exterior painting, the carpentry work, the insulation, the mold, everything, just by going through PI Roofing. Get the best roof that you that you can get. Get uh, the best uh, work inside your house to repair uh, the damage done by the water with PI Roofing and Home Solutions. PIRoofing.com or 501-687-6246. All right, Dave Ellswick's show. It is uh, 324 on a Tuesday, a very cold Tuesday, about 23 degrees outside Makes uh, with the wind chill makes it feel like it's about 19 degrees out right now. That's a lot better than it was at about 3 a.m. this morning. With wind chill, it felt like it was 10 degrees below Below. zero. And uh, I went out, I guess last night, I took my grandson out at about 9.30 to uh, check out the snow, which he got a big bang out of. He was trying to catch it. His little kids tried to do reach up and grab it and uh, really got a bang out of that, but was ready to go inside. He He just looked at me and started shaking. And let me know that he was ready to go in. So I took him in, got him all warmed up this morning. Uh, his Nana took him outside and whatever possessed him. I'm not sure. He, <laughs> he showed me a little RD in him. I think he just <laughs> took both hands and plunged it into the snow. <laughs> and then he let out a whale, <laughs> pulled his hands out of the snow. He didn't like how cold that <laughs> was. And he wanted to go inside for did, sure so did immediately. He, did he warm up his hands on your neck? No, he didn't do that. <laughs> no, we, really? You know, we wiped them off for him and stuff. Uh, Boy, he did not like how cold that a was. Big that bothered him. Yeah, that a big was surprise. A, that was a surprise that he did not How want. old is he now? He a year scared. and a half? No, he he's uh, he 11 months old. 11 months. Wow. He's not even a year old yeah, yet. He'll yeah, be, he'll be one year old February 17th, two days after his granddad becomes 65. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. But we're going to have a big blowout that weekend. You haven't put any pictures of him on your Instagram lately. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I maybe when the dancing girls show up for our uh, our birthday party. You're going to have mm. dancing girls, are yeah, you? Jump oh. out of a cake or something. Cool. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I'm looking hard. He, he's looking at me like you know. I, <laughs> I would not believe that from anybody from you, Elswick, but it's you that's saying it, so it just might happen. It's possible. Yeah, post that on the one-year-old's Facebook page. One-year-old belly dancers at yeah. one-year-old yeah. birthday right. party. There you go. That'll mm-hmm. go good on Facebook. Yeah, everybody. So many people. A lot of people got kind of kind of kind of weirded out when I was over at Nauru's. It's a really nice little Asian uh, restaurant we have in in Cabot, and I had a little sake that night mm-hmm. it was a little chilly outside. So I had a little sake, you know, and sake's always served warm and it was sitting there on a the table and I took a picture of it and said, warming up a sake. And in the back, uh, Eli was in back in and he was, chair. and he was the only, yeah, in his high chair. And he was the only person that was in, in the, the picture. <laughs> and I think he people got, were saying, yeah. 
Uh, Dave, you didn't give him any, did you? Like, oh, come on. Really? Break. No, of course I didn't. A uh, conservative Christian student group's lawsuit against the University of Iowa is pitting the right to religious beliefs and the institution's policies barring discrimination based on sexual orientation. The 10-member group called the Business Leaders in Christ waged a legal challenge last December after the university suspended their activities on campus over the denial of a leadership position to a gay student. The Christian group said anyone can become a member, but the leaders must affirm a statement of faith that rebukes homosexuality, which is within their rights according to laws guaranteeing freedom of religion. In the lawsuit, the group says it cannot and will not ask leaders who do not share its beliefs to lead members in prayer or to convey those beliefs. The university prohibits any discrimination based on sexual orientation and accused the BLNC of violating the school's human rights policy and the Iowa Civil Rights Act, according to to uh, Fox News. The group founded in 2015 was meeting weekly for Bible study focused on service projects and to teach students how to continually keep Christ first in the fast-paced business world. Uh, Since the loss of license to operate, the group is no longer able to reserve campus meeting space, attend student recruitment fairs, or access funds from student activity fees. The controversy between the Christian students and the university dates back to last February when Marcus Miller, a now former student member of the group, filed a complaint to the faculty after being rejected to serve as the group's vice president because he was gay. The group said the request was denied because Miller rejected the Christian beliefs and would not follow them, adding that all leaders in the group must affirm a statement of faith stating that they embrace, not reject their God-given sex and agree that marriage can only be between a man and a woman. Every other sexual relationship beyond this is outside of God's design and is not in keeping with God's original plan for humanity. University spokeswoman Janine Beck said all groups operating on campus must ensure equal opportunity and equal access, and the court must carefully weigh the compelling interest of religious freedom on the one hand and the compelling interest of preventing discrimination on the other hand. Every organization to exist has to be able to select leaders who embrace its mission, the group's attorney, Eric Baxter. With All right, so I was rudely cut off by the news. <laughs> <laughs> How dare Todd Starnes do that, or the news. The news. So the I, news. Let me finish up that's, the story. That's, that's kind of like being rude, rudely cut off and beat up by gravity, huh? Yeah, I got a... You know, we got this group on on Iowa's campus that's a religious group. And to be part of the group, you're supposed to adhere to Christian principles. And they're upset now because one guy who did not adhere to Christian principles, anybody can be a member of the group, but to be leadership, you got to have adhere to a a certain group of uh, Christian principles. And this guy didn't. He was gay, and and that was a that was a no no. There. They're a lawyer. Eric Baxter said this, every organization to exist has to be able to select the leaders who embrace its mission. You would never ask an environmental group 
to have a climate denier as their leader. <laughs> it's the same thing here. And I agree with that. I, I don't understand why people want to cause a uh, S storm to <laughs> yeah. play off the, the president a little bit uh, because uh, they don't believe 100% in the group they belong to. Hey, the government wants to be God and the government wants to control everything and they want to dictate what's right and what's wrong. They want to dictate what we eat and what we don't eat. And, uh, they want to dictate who's the head of, of our groups are and what we believe. Of course. And so, so I guess, I guess the Democrat parties there on campus are also required to allow libertarian and Republican students to, to chair their parties or Sure, sure. I mean, is, is that is that well? Fly it wouldn't well? be fair otherwise. Somebody's yeah. feelings would be oh, hurt. That's right. Somebody. I mean, that's exactly right. Somebody's mm. feelings would get hurt. That's, yeah. It's mm. really, really crazy. Like I said, that the things that you see happening in country. I wish that Robert Steinbach was with us right now, because he would have a field day with us. Well, uh, well, but, but when we when we take people that that would maybe be difficult for them to function in in society, maybe they could hold down a, a job at McDonald's. But instead, no, we put them in universities and make them professors. Is is this what we're dealing with here? We're dealing with people no, that, we that are, don't. The left does. Well, well yeah. We as a, <laughs> I had we nothing as, to do with that. We as a society do that, though. We, we continue to put children in these universities and, and pay for them to go to these schools. And unfortunately, we've got people teaching teaching um, as professors that, that maybe couldn't even hold down a job at McDonald's if they were actually in the real world. That's I mean, the thing about it. Federal and state money always comes with strings attached. Always. Always comes. I was blessed to get a chance to go to the National D-Day Memorial uh, this weekend in Virginia. And the veteran, this elderly veteran that gave us our tour, made it clear that all the quotes and all of the writings of the generals and the the people that were at D-Day that they posted includes God's name in all the letters. They did not take one dime of federal Mm. money and they raised the veterans raised all the money to build that memorial. And it is sustained by money of guests and donations And and they have the freedom to put up anything they want to put up. Uh, because of that freedom but just like you teach a teenager you can make your own decisions when you make your own and you can that's right you can live in your own house and go by your own rules when you pay your own bills the same applies to colleges to schools to churches and to states like arkansas but unfortunately so many people have their handout for government subsidies and whatever else and these government universities that are subsidized by the states. I'm sorry. We we made a mistake in ever ever starting these things to begin with, and now we're seeing lunacy like this. If we want our schools back, we have to get the federal money out of it, and we can teach the morals of the people of the state of Arkansas instead of well, the— and it's not just the federal dollars that they need to get out. We need to get the government out of this business of, of indoctrinating children, and that's what it is. We're, we're, we're expecting the government— whether it be state or local, to educate children and and turn them into good people. I'm sorry, that is unreasonable to expect socialism to produce good liberty-loving citizens. We need to at least teach both sides 
so that they can learn either free market or socialism they can well they've got they socialism can, they, yeah that's right we agree with that unfortunately they're, they're being taught socialism to a great extent but they're not even told that it's, that it is socialism they're being immersed in it and and so they love socialism even if they don't know what's called yeah. you know what's really sad parents don't step up and say enough yeah you're right that's that's the thing that worries yeah. me the most i used to at least go down and talk to my sons and daughters teachers but i don't know how many parents do that anymore mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they can use the excuse well i have a job and i gotta pay right. the bills let me tell you what if you talk to your the person you work for and say hey i gotta meet with my son or daughter's teacher i'm gonna be a few minutes late coming in uh most most people you work for will give you the opportunity i, to do I would that. think you're correct the sad, on that, on that the sad thing about it is there used to be school books that your children would bring home and, and you, you look could through look them. through the information they're being taught but now the information is being sent from all these liberal organizations to the curriculum being sent to the school and a lot of times the first time anybody in the school sees the material is when the children in the school see the material and, well, that's uh, wrong. I mean, school boards should always be overlooking the materials that and, are going to be taught. They're getting the money from everywhere else, so somebody else is controlling right. it. And, and You're exactly right. Parents, I agree, but it's that's not the way it's happening. And parents and taxpayers and ought the school to, board's not doing their job. Parents and taxpayers ought to have the right to look at the material that their children are going to be fed. That's exactly right. But we've given up the right to do that by by giving up control. The school board used to pick the schools and set the curriculum and pick the books Mm. that would go in, but we've turned all of that over to somebody else. Those people that believe in local control need to take the local control back. We've got them in power. It's time to take our schools back. It's time to to make government smaller and more local, but uh, uh, we don't see it happening. Uh, A lot of the things when Reagan was was, – was president and when he was governor over california he turned a lot of things over to the county so the counties could take care of the things that the state was taking care of because they said the counties were closer to the problems and could more effectively uh, oversee the program in so many cases there are issues that need to be dealt with that's one of the reasons why we have government is to to deal with human rights violations and in many many cases a county is is plenty good enough to do it you don't need federal we don't need the 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 bigness, the largeness of, of federal government to to deal with a lot of these issues because the county can handle it just fine, or the city can handle it just fine. Yeah, we've sold out. Or yeah. in many cases, families can handle it. Just I'll give fine. you I'll give you a good example. One of the biggest battles that I had was uh, the thing where your kid writes at school. Forget what it's called now, and they just write, write, write. You know about things and whatever. Then they bring it home and you ask them to read it to you and they can't read it to you because they haven't spelled any of the words right and they don't even know what the words mean. Mm. I, I ended up going to my son's uh, teacher and asking, uh, you know, what's this all about? Well, it's to teach them to be able to express themselves. I said, what good is it to express yourself if you don't even can't even read what you've written? Oh, well, it's just to get, to get their creative juices going, uh, Mr. Ellswick. It's all about what and, it looks and, like. And just know, and this is several years back, okay, this is several years back. This is during the, uh, this would have been in about 91, 92. And they said, and, and, and don't worry because they're getting better on this. 
with the whole deal about, uh, you know, a spell check with computers. Hmm. And I said, oh, you see, <laughs> the kids don't need to learn how to spell. Because when I was in school, you wrote something, teacher would read it, circle everything in red that was misspelled. You had to go back and correct all of that and then turn it back into the teacher. And then they, <laughs> they would, you can move on to the next exercise or whatever. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, because the computers will catch all that. And I said, okay, there, there, and there. <laughs> yeah, people say, well, yeah, no. computers. That's said, you know, I mean, yeah. use mm-hmm. those three words or say CC. And what did right. she do? Just look at you. Yeah, she, she just probably looked at didn't me like you... she, was, she looked at me right. like I was stupid. She probably didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, probably yeah. didn't. I right. bet. Right. And, 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 and sometimes you you have words that are spelled similarly and they're just very different words and oh, computers computers don't know how to detect that's the reason that. they don't teach kids multiplication tables anymore why should you know a multiplication <laughs> table when you've got a computer yeah. in real life you may not have time we're in big trouble yeah. when well, we lose the ability as a society to read and write i remember when they just started bringing in calculators into the classroom and they would let us use a calculator once in a while but i also remember that when you took the test they took the calculators away. <laughs> when you went to take the SAT and the ACT, yeah, they took the it. calculators away. Now you can carry those in with you. Yep. You can use the calculators. Mm-hmm. So it's all, all it becomes um, what it looks then like. is just a rote memorization of formulas. Get an answer. Point. It doesn't matter that you knew what it means. Yeah. You just wrote it down. Right. Yeah. I think right. Hey, in real life. Yeah. I, th- I think it was Walter Williams recently a while back that said, um, that is, is some of these university degrees or high school diplomas are simply frauds. They're, they're fraudulent diplomas because they're they're they're, um, they're being given out as these as these kids have an education and they simply don't. All right, let's go talk to Daryl. Daryl's in Cabot. Daryl, how are you? Hi, Dave. It's it's good to talk to you again. Um, I was just thinking that I heard a story one time about a professor that actually uh, taught on socialism and then he graded his kids according to socialism. <laughs> and basically all the kids that didn't do the work got the same grade as all the kids that did do the work, which yes. eventually, you know, gave a poor outcome, which is interesting that we teach social, or I mean, socialism is taught so much, but if you actually graded it according to socialism instead of the capitalistic way we grade, they'd stop teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, a rude shock. The, 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 <laughs> you guys, you remember uh, Professor Ford, who's been on my show many a time from UALR, who was an economics professor there. He does that with his, he, or I don't know if he still does. He may, I think he's retired. He used to do that with his students in, in the classroom. On at least one test, he would say, well, everybody got the same grade. And all the kids that who busted their butt study and everything were freaking out about it because they all got C's and everybody else got C's. And the kids that, of course, didn't study, they were like, you know, had been sweating bullets because they thought they were going to fail. We were like wiping their brow because they got a C. And it just <laughs> went on to show that equal outcome is not necessarily a good thing. They didn't Thanks like for it. Taking my call. They All right, appreciate your call. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah, people Thank don't you. actually like it in the real world. No, no, people don't. We're Especially su- if you're the person who studies. Yeah, we're supposed to be guaranteed income. Sorry, <laughs> equal effort, not equal outcome. That's correct. Everybody yeah. does not we get a ability. trophy in the real world. Right. Everybody does not get a trophy, and, and sometimes and everybody. Uh, sometimes you don't get what you deserve. Well, it's, it's not, not fair. It's not Very fair. Sometimes, yeah, it's not sometimes fair. you can really well, work hard and you still don't get ahead. Because exactly sometimes right. you work hard at stuff that just isn't profitable. Here, no. here. The world yeah. is just not I mean, fair. That, oh, my god, That's the way it works. 
Hey, you know, everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down because the government, again, has been rewriting the rules and all those rules have gone into effect now for the new year. And your decisions that you make about claiming Social Security benefits can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours. It can cost you higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. Get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show right here on 96.5 FM, The Answer. It's simple. It's an easy-to-read guide. It's packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that can help you avoid losing those tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That number again is 501-653-6690. Okay, so the AP, the Associated Press, for you that might not follow media real closely, has said that President Trump has kept many of his promises. For instance, he's nailed the tax overhaul. His only historic legislative accomplishment to date, they'll tell you. <laughs> One confirmation of a conservative Supreme Court justice and other federal judges as well, and used his executive powers with vigor to slice regulations and pull the U.S. away from international accords he assailed as a candidate. Courts uh, tied his most provocative actions on immigration and Muslim entry in knots, but illegal border crossings appear to be at historic lows. And by the way, the whole thing about Muslim entries and all that, they, the left is now starting to lose uh, on all of those as they move into the higher courts. The upshot for all his rogue tendencies, Trump has shaped up as a largely conventional Republican president when measured by his promises kept and emotion. The uh, Twitter version of Trump may be jazzed with raggedocio about the size of his non-existent nuclear button and his very stable genius, but the ledger of actions taken is recognizable to Washington. Mainstream Republican tax cuts, pro-business policy, curbs on environmental regulation, and an approach to health care that's been in the geo playbook for years. That's of today and this moment. With Trump, you never know about tomorrow. Uh, a, a look at some of his other campaign promises that he's got, the one with trade. We're going to find out about NAFTA here in the near future. Mexico and Canada are both very, very nervous about what the president intends to do with NAFTA. On uh, immigration, Trump has dropped the DACA right into the laps of uh, the Democrats, and they are uh, treading water. They don't know what to do now. Are they going to uh, go ahead and put the wall into DACA legislation, or will they not and then shut down the government? And as Tom Cotton said today, I've, I'll be interested as, as well to see what Americans think about the Democrats shutting down the federal government for illegal immigrants. I'll be interested to see what happens there. Trump promised aggressive action on the energy front. He's pursued that, 
I mean, I read an article today that Saudi Arabia and OPEC are scared senseless right now about what America is doing on the energy front. And I just read this morning that our energy output because of fracking is going to put us out on top and put us where we're taking in less imports than we have in 20 years. And uh, the the president has destroyed uh, ISIS, basically. I mean, it's almost dead. They uh, he turned his generals loose, and the generals did what they were supposed to do, which is to seek out and destroy the enemy. And they've been getting it done. So President Trump, I think, has he's done a lot of the things that I was hoping that he would do. And I can't wait to be honest with you when we get into February and I find a little extra money in my paycheck. Did you see where the DHS gal is talking to prosecutors across the country and saying, "Okay, we're ready to start charging." sanctuary cities with illegalities we're going to prosecute those sanctuary cities yeah we got uh, don't forget about for veterans having previously criticized the department of veterans affairs as the most corrupt the president has delivered on one campaign promise by signing legislation that allows the firing of va employees for misconduct so uh Maybe we won't see women who have missed, or men, either one, who have mistreated veterans get themselves transferred to another VA hospital where they make even more money uh, at that hospital than they made at the hospital where they were mistreating the veterans at. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty doggone pleased with what the president has done in a little over a year. Uh, I think that he'll do a lot more this year. I think there's things to be done uh, that uh, the Republicans will rally around. And for everybody who thinks that the Democrats are going to win the House and the Senate, I think that it's uh, a pipe dream, personally. I think as people start getting more money in their paychecks and things of that nature, they're going to be happy with this president. And what is what is the Democrats yelling about all the time? He's a racist, he's a racist, he's a racist, he's a racist. That's all you're hearing from them right now because that's all they got. That's the key, folks. That's their narrative because, you know, uh, Foahanis and all the rest of them out there, that's all they got to say because they have nothing to put into into, into the methodology of, of helping uh, people. And I think there's a lot of, of uh, African-Americans that are going to say, well, we're not buying all of this anymore uh, because black unemployment is at its lowest level ever since it's been kept uh, track of. No wonder they're so uncomfortable. Hey, let me just say, a racist president could care less about blacks. This man has done a lot for the black community. All right, got to take a break. Uh, I know Elizabeth's getting out of here. She wants to get back before... Things start freezing up again, but R.D. and Paul are going to stay and challenge the elements. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. More brave than me. (laughs) Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a 
married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, 4 o'clock, final hour of the uh, power panel. We've lost one member, and that's uh, Elizabeth. She's heading back to where she lives, out to the west. And then uh, R.D. is still here, and then we've got Paul here as well. R.D., you came in. You you were in about, what, about four layers of clothing yeah i've been out at the uh working outside today so yeah i'm I'm layered up i'm ready i could walk home and be in good shape yeah i mean <laughs> but you know what that's something i do a lot of people go well i don't want to wear heavy coats i'm not going to wear a heavy coat to work today i just just i'm going to be in my car your car can break down mm-hmm. all right i always carry my coat if i'm not going to wear it i just do it in the back seat or whatever but you should always have a heavy coat and some gloves and a hat or whatever Carry, with you just in case right, something th- happens. That and, and have a pair of shoes that you can actually walk in. I oh, think yeah. that's that's one of those things. It's, a, it's kind of a security risk issue to, to wear shoes that you can't walk in. You know, if, if, you're, if you're 40 miles from home and all you have, if you're a female, and all you have is a pair of high heel shoes, you, you need to carry a pair of tennis shoes with you just for just for just for, for security reasons if your car breaks down if if things go to pot and you have to walk home be be able to walk home or if you have to walk 10 miles to get to some so, so, to security somewhere be be ready be prepared for that sort of thing and if it's 10 degrees outside for crying out loud bring some clothes yeah that's what i do I never know what I'm going to be doing at work sometimes for sure, depending on who shows up or yep. if the need comes up, I have to fill in the gap. So I layer up when it's cold and it's easy to take it off of extra layers if you don't need it. Yeah. But, My uh, dad always said he liked it better when it was, uh, when it was cold because he said you could, you could always put on an extra, you know, pair of thermals, but he didn't like it when it was hot because you can only take so much <laughs> off. Only yeah, without so getting off. in trouble. <laughs> yeah, without, without getting arrested. Somebody huh? <laughs> always told me. Uh, uh, and I couldn't argue with the point. I understood uh, because, you know, I don't want to be taking clothes off because I don't want to, you know, just destroy people's memories. Mm. You know, that that would be just burned on your... Some mental image. Yeah, just some things you don't want to put there for people. Yeah. Okay, so, you know... Uh, Elizabeth and I mentioned a, a story that we had seen in the first hour about oil production in America. Let me read this to you. This is incredible. It really is incredible. Surging shale production is poised to push U.S. oil output to more than 10 million barrels a day, topping a record that was set. Now, this would just be for drilling. Nobody knew anything about shale drilling back in the 70s topping a record set in 1970 and crossing a threshold few could have imagined even a decade ago. Do you all remember back in the 90s, the whole thing where people were talking about, we have just about discovered all the oil that mm. was left on the planet? These these so-called intellectuals? 
What was it? What was that called? Gray oil or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you what, I I was scarred for life in the seventies being a car nut, you know, in like the fourth and the fifth grade, thinking that uh, you guys were going to to uh, burn it. all the gas with your deuce and a quarters and your Buick LeSabres yeah. before I got a chance to drive. <laughs> I mean, but there was a big shortage in the seventies, and that were gas stations with and cars you know why, lined don't up. You? Everything you know why up. that happened? That was the OPEC thing. Right, and the OPEC, exactly. the OPEC, we started depending on the uh, foreign oil. I remember when Jimmy Carter, and I know people here in Arkansas that that had, uh, you know, had oil pumping out on their land, they said. And Jimmy Carter topped all of those wells. Capped them, huh? Yeah, came in and capped them all off. Well, hey, Murphy Oil has what, lots of what, wells what, in South Arkansas. What would we do during yeah. shortages if government didn't come along and, and make, make them, them worse? worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have yeah. to create them. You know, you cannot pass a law unless you create a problem. So you have to create a real big problem so you can get whatever you I, want I, done, I, done. I think I, I read or heard uh, maybe some from, from some of these old timers that back during the Depression – where people were literally starving, um, the government was throwing food in the ocean. Well, they were dumping milk. I mean, I mean to to, to uh, raise the price. I mean, I mean uh, why did why did government survive when they were that incredibly stupid? I mean, how, how did how did they stay? Same in way charge? they do today. People people are sheeple at many times. In, in, in many states, you know, it's against the law to feed the homeless because you might give them a high fat content. You know, so uh, freedom. Yeah, we we got to keep our freedom. It's worth fighting for, and 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 that's what the guide, the elderly guide at the D Day Memorial this weekend, after he gave us the speech about not taking any federal money, so they have the freedom to run the memorial the way they want to. I was going, hooray, hooray! At the last of it, he said, "We we're losing the freedoms that these men died for." Okay, so Steve has sent me a a quick text. They called it peak oil. Mm. Remember that uh, term, peak oil. We'd reached the peak of oil in the world, in the world. Now, right. let me read the rest of this to you now. That record that I just gave you, 10 million barrels a day, right, isn't expected to last very long, right? I mean, because of peak oil, suddenly mm-hmm. we're not going to have a lot of oil. Wrong. Uh, the U.S. government forecasts that the nation's production will climb to 11 barrels a day by early 2019 a level that uh, would uh, rival Russia, the world's top producer. Hmm. The economic and political impacts of soaring U.S. output are breathtaking, cutting the nation's oil imports by a fifth in 10 years. All right. Providing high-paying jobs in rural communities and lowering consumer prices for domestic gasoline by 37%. From a 2008 peak. Talking about jobs, I've got a friend who just is, I think he's headed up to one of the northern states today. North Dakota. To, to go work in one of the oil fields. North and, Dakota, man. I'm just telling yeah, you. They're I mean, fired back up against those Wyoming. And, and this is a guy that really isn't all that skilled, but he's going to go up there and make pretty decent money. Uh, he's going to make more than pretty decent. Free market. Just telling you. It works. Keep the government out of it. They'll be trying to put a limit on it. So when they will, the, all their investment in the auto manufacturers are is good investment so you better watch it if it gets too good they'll have to put their finger in it and screw it up all right fears of dire energy shortages that gripped the country in the 70s have been replaced by a presidential policy of global energy dominance 
It has had incredibly positive impacts for the U.S. economy, for the workforce, and even our reduced carbon footprint because shale uh, natural gas has now displaced coal at power plants. That may rock back and forth a little bit now as we got the war on coal has stopped. U.S. energy exports now compete with Middle East oil for buyers in Asia. Daily trading volumes of U.S. oil future contracts have more than doubled in the past decade, averaging more than 1.2 billion barrels per day in 2017. The U.S. oil price benchmark West Texas Intermediate Crude is now watched closely worldwide by foreign customers of U.S. gasoline, diesel, and crude. The question of whether the shale sector can continue at this pace remains an open debate. The rapid growth has stirred concerns that the industry is already peaking, of course, and that production forecasts are too optimistic. The cost of labor and contracted services have recently risen sharply in the most active oil fields. That's going to happen. Free market. Yeah, that's a free market. People are actually getting out there and it's working, and su- you've got to pay it's for it's them called, to get out there and work. It's called supply and demand. But don't yeah. worry. As long as it's a company, a free market company, whenever they peak, then they can tighten their belt and r- sustain themselves. But yeah. it's just the government is the only thing that can't right. those, level off. Those of us in the business world who, who actually can operate in a free free economy, we can actually make adjustments. You know, I'm a landlord. That's primarily how I make money. You know, if, if for some reason the, the rental property industry tanks, I can find something else to do. I might go work for, for R.D. Hopper. I hear he's got a pretty good place to work. Yeah, he does. I can carry a gun. Yeah, the, you can the carry cost, a gun. The cost of labor and contracted <laughs> services have risen sharply. Drillable land prices have soared, of course. And uh, some shale financiers are calling on producers to focus on improving short-term returns rather than expanding drilling. But U.S. producers have already far outpaced expectations, overcome serious challenges, including the recent effort by OPEC to sink shale firms by flooding global markets with oil. Now, we had to, we had to tighten our belts because of that. That's why you saw here in the Fayetteville shale, things tighten down for a while. Now it's going to start loosening up again. The things are going to move, uh, move as they were. Shale producers won the price war through aggressive cost cutting and rapid advances in drilling technology. Oil now trades above $64 a barrel, enough for many U.S. producers to finance both expanded drilling and dividends for shareholders. The United States now exports up to 1.7 million barrels per day of crude, and this year will have the capacity to export 3.8 billion cubic feet per day of natural gas. We are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas, folks. We really are. Terminals conceived for importing liquefied natural gas have now been overhauled to allow exports. The export demand, along with surging production in remote locations like West Texas and North Dakota, has led to a boom in U.S. pipeline construction. Firms including Kinder Morgan, Kinder Morgan, and Enterprise Products Partners added 26,000 miles of liquid pipelines in the five years between 2012 and 2016. 
We continue to see and drive improvements in drilling speed and efficiency. New wells can be drilled in as little as a week. A few years ago, it would take up to a month. So just to tell you, technology, entrepreneurship, and uh, just that uh, stick-to-itiveness that is part of America in their, our DNA is paying off again. Well, yeah, I think sometimes even some of that is even driven by government regulation sometimes because sometimes people get stronger when government gets oppressive. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, Paul. Now that the president has start opening up the, the continental shelf even more hmm. to see what's going to happen. I'm just amazed at the number of governors, like uh, the governor down there in um, Louisiana, in, in uh, no Florida, Florida, and uh, you know Gary, you know Brown, Governor Moonbeam. I always figure he's going to do something stupid, but uh, I'm I'm really interested to see what Florida's doing. You know, people are so scared about a lot of different things. You may get a blowout once every 20 years, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to have what we had in the Gulf here uh, a few years back. uh, That was BP uh, all the time. It just doesn't happen. And go down to that area now where they said it would never be habitable again. And look how nature has responded to it. Well, I mean, I think the world is pretty resilient in many respects. I mean, I think God knew what he was doing when he built the thing. And and the fact is, though, that we we do take risks. And I, I think there's there's a place for government to, to step in in some cases when we're when we're doing things that are incredible, incredibly risky to our neighbors and friends. But but many cases, though, it needs to be it, it needs to be severe before the government steps in. And so so I, I think some level, some risk is acceptable. And, and the fact is, we drive our cars. I mean, all of us drove here today at, at some risk to our own lives and, and the walk. lives of others. Oh, Except for Dave. I walked. didn't talk about it. I walked. <laughs> He's trying to decrease his carbon footprint. <laughs> ah, that's no, what I, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm decreasing carbon footprint and just adding real footprint. <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> were they bloody footprints? Yeah, by the time I got here, my, yeah. my feet were hurting. Yeah. I'm just telling you. But no, I just think it's an exciting time. Um, I never bought the peak oil uh, argument. The more I read about it, the more it just it was just like global warming. Well, I, I think that's part of, the, part of the problem. Is, you know, it was false science. When we we have we have so much um, government money going to research on these different projects, do we honestly expect it to be good good data? But but here's what they do, Paul. They say we're 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 running out of oil, but they can't see what's going to happen in technology. Mm-hmm. They don't hey. have a clue. I mean, this whole thing about shale and fracking and all of this came up and now that it has we're awash in oil again there's no telling what new technologies will come after this yeah and now we'll we have, have to do a government now, study now now we have <laughs> we have drilling machines that can That's actually bore, bore off horizontally and i don't think that was even thought of really back what 30 or 40 years ago you know they're always worried about you know anwar is going to be open now have you ever seen how they drill in alaska now you know they're always so. they're always worried about it's going to be an, an you know an ecological nightmare. What they do is they build an ice pad, hmm. and they build on top of the ice pad. They build the roads, ice roads, mm-hmm. out to them, and then they drill in that one area. Mm-hmm. But being able to do horizontal bore drilling, drilling yeah. and they bore out, 
they can bore out for miles now. Right. So they pull the oil have, in. They don't have to drill every holes and all right, over the all place, place. All right. Right. So you don't, you got less chance for a blowout and all the rest. When they're done working an area, they pull all that pipe out again, take down the derrick that they mm-hmm. had to build for yeah, the original. A relatively small footprint. They move everything out and they let the ice melt. And it's as if they were never, ever there. Hmm. You know what? I bet Alaska had a tax force that figured that out. (laughs) (laughs) They tried to figure out the elephant. You've always heard that, haven't you, about the Baptist church that had the committee and what the elephant ended up looking like? Hmm. (laughs) Wasn't pretty when it was all said and done. All right, let's take a break. Let me remind you about New Balance uh, Shoes. New Balance uh, has their store out on Highway 10 in West Little Rock, and uh, they measure your feet digitally there, so you're going to know the length, you're going to know the width, and you're going to get a really nice, comfortable fit because of that. They offer free foot evaluations. They give you advice about foot problems you might have. Do you have a high arch? Do you have flat feet? Do you have problems with, uh, you know, plantar fasciitis? Do you have problems with your heel? All that they can talk to you about. They have children's shoes that they stock now that are in extra wide width. They stock New Balance shoes in 2A narrow to 60 width for men and women. And again, it's the only New Balance store in Little Rock that makes custom footbeds. I mean, sometimes you need a little help. I've got, I've got inserts in my shoes because my uh, arch and my feet is so tall. It is really high and I need that extra support. They can do that for you at New Balance. They're at Highway 10. That's Cantrell. Not, pardon me. That's, uh, yeah, Cantrell. That's right. Cantrell out in West Little Rock, kind of near the uh, the Sonic out there, kind of be right out there towards Larry's Pizza. That's where New Balance is at. Well, we're not that far from uh, Fox News. We've still got a half hour to go. A lot of stuff that we can uh, we can talk about. Uh, the USA withholds sixty five million dollars from the Palestinians. You know, Abbas the other day said. You can keep your money. Well, let's see if he feels that way when we start keeping our money. Uh, $65 million is a lot uh, to keep the U.N. Relief Agency for Palestinians in operation, but withheld a further $65 million while it urged others to pay more. There is a need to undertake a fundamental reexamination of U.N. Um, relief Agency um uh, association both in the way it operates and the way it is funded the official told afp the decision to withhold some funds was meant to uh, encourage more burden sharing by other members see that that's that's the key everybody wants to bitch at us everybody wants to complain about us everybody wants to say how we're bad and that we're terrible but if it wasn't for the united states of america they'd all freaking starve why are we sending federal dollars to Palestinians? We'll talk about it. <laughs> that goes back a long time. Fox News is next. When we come back, we'll talk about this more. Because I'm tired of everybody saying how bad we are. But boy, our greenbacks sure do spend well. All right, 25 minutes to 5 o'clock. And we like to, we like to uh, here on this show, be able to say <laughs> we bring the stories to you before anybody else does. The latest addition to the tech giant's family of devices is powered by Alexa. 
I mean, look at all the things that Alexa can do now. That I mean, control your TV and everything. Uh, each device has a camera and a microphone for making video calls. Here's something else that you don't know. It's always on. It's always recording. Are you serious? It's recording everything you say around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that. that that's happening. Uh, the camera will probably be facing directly at the user's bed in the uh, bedroom. The Echo Spot, which will cost about $129, is going to be shipped on 24 of this month. Amazon <laughs> wants to put a camera and a microphone in your bedroom. Uh, the camera on the $129 Echo Spot, which doubles up as a smart alarm, would be facing directly at the user's bed. The device, which is already available in our country, has such sophistic, uh, sophisticated microphones, it can hear people talking from across the room, even if music is playing. However, there remain privacy concerns over using such a device in the home. Amazon devices have previously activated when they're not wanted, meaning this small device can turn itself into a potential spy. Amazon wants to put a camera and microphone in your bedroom. The device, uh, again, has these great microphones that it can even tell your voice about music. Uh, it would rely on microphones listening out for a keyword uh, previously activated when they're not wanted, meaning this small device turns into a spy. Last month, a hack by a British security researcher saw 2015 and 2016 versions of the Echo turned into a live microphone. Fraudsters could use uh, this live audio to collect sensitive information from the device. It's the latest addition to the tech giant's family of devices and as Usual powered by virtual assistant Alexa. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that's amazing stuff. And, and so um, Americans are now going to scramble to the stores to pay for the privilege of someone being able to possibly spy on them. Yeah, evidently it's been here in the United States since the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. It is the spot, and also be used to make video calls, and as an intercom system with other Echo devices in the home. Amazing. Unbelievable. Wow. That makes me think of a Crystal Gale song from the early 80s. You've been talking in your sleep. There you go. You could wake up dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, you know, what's really strange, and I, I think you all would agree with me on this, is that everybody's always talking about how they don't like, you know, they're, they're losing all their privacy. Well, they're willingly giving up their yeah. privacy. Yeah, that's millennials, exactly right. Millennials really don't care anymore about privacy. They really don't. You, uh, I forget, there was a study last year, I believe it was, uh, asking millennials if they would want their smartphone to be on all the time and keeping track of the millennials' life moment to moment. And uh, nearly 80% said yes. Unbelievable. They that's, want somebody to know narcissism. where they're at at all times. That is narcissism at its, at its height. Oh, you mean like like a Facebook page or something like that that would just live stream their life? It would live stream. It would be like, uh, what was it? What was that movie with Jim Carrey? Oh, I like that uh, movie. I know Truman, which one you're talking about. The yeah, Truman, Truman movie? 
Yeah, yeah. That that's he was what a we're TV talking show. about. Yeah, a reality TV show. Everybody mm. wants their life to be a reality TV show. Mm. Or not everybody. That's too some, broad of a brunt, brush. Some, but too, a too large people, amount of yeah. people do. Mm. <laughs> they think that they're that important that everybody wants to watch what they're doing. That's wow. showering and everything, mm. folks. Wow. That's the whole Monty. I can see maybe doing some more of that with government officials so we can keep an eye on them, but <laughs> but not because they want it, but because we need to watch, keep an eye on them because they're well, the, keep, the, for corruption reasons. The but. thing about that is, you know, one of the most, the biggest pleasures in life is to have friends and to go somewhere and meet at the coffee shop and, and, uh, and have interaction with human beings. These people are having all their interactions on the internet and they get to thinking that everybody is the way that the people on the internet are. Did I, did I tell you the story about my my uh, sons and son-in-law over uh-uh. Christmas? Uh-uh. On Christmas, they were all, they all had their headphones on with their little microphones, and, they're, and sitting in front of each of them had their own TVs. They had their own PlayStation 4s, and they're sitting in front of TVs within touching distance of each other, all right? Not talking to each other, to each other, but over their headsets about things that are going on and playing video games. Wow. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've seen uh, my daughter out with friends go out to dinner with us, and they sit and talk to each other. They don't talk to each other. They text each other. Are you serious? Yes. When they're sitting at the table. Yes. Oh, man. So I, I, I don't see how that can be healthy. I, I do not see how that I don't can be see healthy. how it can give for a healthy uh, mental uh, outlook where you never interact in a reality with people. That's exactly. That, I mean, I, I made them turn their phones off and you would have thought <laughs> that I pulled their brains out of their ears. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'll never forget. I was working for Danny and Linda Lynn and Conway. I was blessed to work for them and learn the auto recycling business from them. But I'll never forget, I was sitting by Danny's office, and Linda brought him his first cell phone and laid it on his desk to where she was going to be able to keep up with him 24-7 now. So uh, Danny looked at his wife and said, listen, you take that cell phone and do something else with it because if you leave it sitting on that desk, I'm going to hit the first road sign with it whenever (laughs) I pull out and drive down the driveway. So I think the day that I retire... From from business, I think that's what I'm going to do with my cell phone. I'm going to take Danny Lynn's advice, <laughs> and I'm going to roll down my window and hit the first sign with it. And I'm going to be off the grid, you know, anytime I want to be. I'm going to be out of touch. I'm you're, pretty sure probably, the earth will continue to rotate are without you, somebody being able to call me at any time. Are you going to buy an older vehicle, too, so they can't track you there? I already got it. Okay, well, there, I don't, you're set uh, yeah, I'm already set. My, Man, he's my, got a whole yard full of them. He, <laughs> well, most, believe it or not, most of the cars on my salvage yard pretty new, are huh? newer than the ones I'm driving. I try to buy late model wrecked ones, but I'm driving an 03 model, so mm-hmm. the, nobody knows how fast I'm going or where I'm at. Well, unless I got my cell phone on, of course. But uh, have, someday I'll chunk it. Have you guys heard about the Tide pod challenge i have what is up with no. that yeah tell go ahead tell, I, I don't know i've okay. just, just heard of it it's just, I'll, what I'll, is i'll it? give it all to you when we okay. come up. we gotta get a break i've in. seen little little blips about I need it on to talk about lewis family beef 
I kind of mentioned them earlier in the show. Cool people. Uh, great people, trustworthy people, people that raise their cattle. Uh, their cattle are born on their ranch and they're raised on their ranch. Nowhere else. They don't go out and buy a bunch of cows or something and just bring them in and sell them to you. No antibiotics, no hormones. Now, that's not to say a cow couldn't get sick and they wouldn't give it antibiotic shots. Here's the key, though. They would never sell it to you to be consumed because all of their beef is clean and it's also stress-free. You know, when you get all stressed out, your body dumps all kinds of hormones into your bloodstream. Cattle is the same way. And it tends to make the meat uh, less tender. So they keep their cattle out in the grassy fields, just, you know, smelling the flowers, I guess, and being stress-free. And they have tender beef because of that. So no antibiotics, no hormones, stress-free beef. It's clean beef for your family and it's free delivery anywhere in central Arkansas. You can buy a quarter, a half, or a whole steer or cow. Uh, what they do is after you buy it, they take it to the packing house. Packing house calls you, ask how you want to have it proportioned, have the steaks cut, all the rest. And then uh, after it's been fr- cut and then it's uh, packaged, the Lewises get the call from the packing house. The Lewis family will either deliver the beef to your home or, if you'd like, you can come on out and just pick it up. All you have to do to do this is to get a hold of Cody or Sarah Lewis. Best way to do it, Facebook. Facebook.com slash Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, Lewis Family Beef. That's Facebook.com, Lewis Family Beef. All right, about 10 minutes uh, till uh, the top of the hour. Before I get to this Tide Pod Challenge, what it is and what are people doing with it, uh, you know, everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down because the government changes the rules all the time. They always go into effect at the beginning of the year. Thus, right now, your decision about how you want to claim your Social Security benefits may be the wrong thing to do. It can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits and uh, also higher taxes and increased Medicare premiums. Best way that you can beat that is to have the right information. You can get that in the 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. It's a simple and easy-to-read guide packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that could help you avoid losing tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are yours. You can get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security by being one of the first 10 callers right now at 501 653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. Okay, the Tide Pod Challenge. If you've got a teenager, pay attention because most of us know teenagers and college-aged adults tend to do stupid things. Sometimes aren't the smartest people in the world. All right, so... The challenge is for a person, primarily teens and young adults, in the videos making the rounds, and this is going viral now, to put one of these pods into their mouths. And I like to use them because they're easy. You just grab a couple of them and throw them in the washing machine. And to put the pods into their mouth, sometimes to even chew them 
and then post videos of what happens. Some of the individuals experience foaming at the mouth, severe coughing spells after consuming a pod. And it's more than just strange behavior here. It's potentially deadly. Tide Pods, the brand's version of the popular laundry detergent pods, are small packets of detergent designed to dissolve while washing clothes. Each pod contains pre-measured concentrated detergent levels. The outside wrapping of a Tide Pod is made of polyvinyl alcohol, that's PVA, a water-soluble plastic compound. For the same reason that this packet dissolves in the machine washing laundry, it can also dissolve in a person's mouth, leading to the immediate release and absorption of the content. So why are they dangerous? Well, they contain dangerous chemicals that, if ingested, can lead to life-threatening breathing problems, damage to the esophagus from the corrosive ingredients, burns, blood pressure changes, gastrointestinal problems, and neurological symptoms, including loss of consciousness. You know, chief among the concerns is a chemical known as 1,4-deoxane, and according to the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, exposure to this compound can cause eye and nose irritation, kidney problems, and possible long-term lung damage, Uh, these effects are unlikely to occur if the product is used appropriately, like in a washing machine. Mm. So so I guess, if I understand it correctly, the kid will stick it in their mouth, let it dissolve, and and then, but they don't actually, they try not to swallow it. I guess they're just trying to see what effect it has while it's in their mouth. Well, here's the key. According to the American Association of Poison Control Centers, in 2017, Alone, there were 10,570 cases of these kinds of exposures. Hmm. That's a lot. So, is this just sort of Darwinism? Well, I, it's, it's just it's just kid isms. I mean, kids do stupid things. Yeah. If everybody jumped stuff, off I, of a bridge, would you jump off well, of a bridge? What, I don't know. That's if everybody what, holds if their if breath a dad underwater. or a mom, it's probably what you're going to ask your kid, you know. <laughs> but the bottom line that, that they're doing it, uh, Keep the Poison Control Center hotline at your house. It's 800-222-1222. This kind of reminds me of the um, the cinnamon challenge where people would take yeah. a, like a tablespoon of cinnamon. They mentioned that in cinnamon. other stories. How about the gallon of milk? Yeah, I've heard Can of that, too. you drink too. a gallon of milk? And of course, at least those are food. They're typically, not, they're you not, can't. They're not, um, yeah, but they've had people's stomachs ruptured. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, your, your stomach wasn't <laughs> meant to hold a full gallon of milk just being chugged down. Yeah, and, mil- and milk's probably worse than some other things no. because it doesn't, it, your body doesn't absorb it as quickly, I think, as like water or something like that. I, I, guess. I have but no Common idea. sense is in short supply. That's, right. what, that's what Mark Twain said. Common sense isn't very common. Well, I think maybe some of that <laughs> kind of goes back to what you're talking that's about true. earlier with the, um, wanting to be a center of attention like on social media. Yeah. And so you take a video of yourself doing something just pl- plumb stupid. Isn't it amazing, though, that people... I think people, human beings are probably the only creation, and it's because we got free will, of course, that can see something now on the Internet and see people doing something. I mean, look, it's been going on for a long time. The hula hoop didn't become the biggest fad in the country 
until somebody put a oh, ring around their uh, their waist and sat there and kept it up. And the more prettier they were, the better people wanted to watch it. And mm-hmm. the bottom line was it swept the nation. And now we got this happening with this this Tide Pod Challenge thing that's how, going on. How did that get people popular, putting, though? Is this the same people that put the camera and a microphone in their bedroom? I guess. Is it the same kind uh, of people? Wow. I mean, oh, just, man. Just, just think about that. I mean, I'm I'm with you, Paul. I mean, it, but I go back all the way to beginning of time and go, what made a person look at a bush and see a tomato and go, I bet you that's good. And they know. grabbed it and took a bite out of it, you know, for years, for years, centuries, in fact. Tomatoes were thought that they the were poison. Yeah, because I think they're a member of the family of, of, of fruits or, or, or whatnot. how many of them you eat. Yeah. <laughs> I've ate so many that yeah. I've had gastro problems after mm. it because I it's like true. fresh tomatoes that are, you know, cool from the, like oh, when man. you pick them and oh, give me, a, fresh, give me yeah. a, give me a salt shaker and oh, yeah. my teeth go through the garden. Dude, and I'll eat those eat like them. crazy. Yeah. Remi- remind yeah. me sometime this, maybe this summer when my brother's got some fresh, maybe we can bring Oh yeah, some, I'll but, take some. I'll buy Tide some pod challenge. That is just kind of bizarre. Can we? What's next? I don't know. I don't know. How, <laughs> we got to think of something for the liberals. <laughs> I don't know. Well, one <laughs> we, way to wash their we, mouth out. We can so. weed them out, you know, quickly or something. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, don't hey, know. Uh, Steve has to be with us here in a little bit. I know a lot of you really enjoy the uh, last hours on Tuesdays when we do the Bible guys. It will be just a Bible guy today. Eight two three zero nine six five is the number to call. I know Steve is here already. He's ready to go. We're going to talk about unity and disunity in the church. Hmm. And, how can, topic, and like. how can we break through that? How the can atrophies. we unify? Mm-hmm. You know, how can mm-hmm. we unify? And there's got to be ways of being able to unify instead of being in disunity all the time. Yeah, just like in America. We're all Americans. We have something in common. Why don't we, we work dwell, together? Why don't we dwell on what we have in common instead of dwelling on what we don't agree on? I think you and I are the same way, R.D., you know, I can not agree with somebody on ninety-five percent of the things, but if I can find one, you know, five percent of something I can agree with, that I can move forward with that person. And mm-hmm. Paul, I know you're the same way. I can do that. Well, I can. We we've yeah, talked I'll, to people over at the um, I, the, I, the Marble Palace. I, I you tell know, you about what. That. I mean, I I can get along with Joyce Elliott, and she and I. There's there's not too many people that are that are that are more different philosophically speaking, I think, than Joyce Elliott and I. But we can get along and have pleasant conversations. People are not going to believe everything that we believe. Some people believe that government is the solution to all social problems, and and and, and the government is going to make the world a better place. There's people that believe that. I'm okay with people that believe that, but I'd like them to be consistent and have morals and beliefs. And and live by them, so I know where they're at all the time. Unfortunately, yeah. I think consistency and, and 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 morals is something that we all respect, even if we don't agree with them. Yeah, all I right. think that's true in a lot of cases. R.D., thanks for coming in. Thank Appreciate you. you getting out into the frigid cold and uh, yep. skating across the ice on sixty-seven one sixty-seven. <laughs> Paul, thanks for coming yes, in from the Greenbrier area. I, we appreciate you too. Can I tomorrow? Mention, yeah, hurry very very quickly. Um, if you want to go to Paging. Uh, mountain in the morning meet me at marketplace grill at about seven fifteen tomorrow in conway 
all right, and go with him and his sister. They're going to go look at the uh, waterfalls all frozen. The ice, yep. So you can see it. Take a camera. Yeah, send us a picture. Paul. Oh, I'm sure I will. I'll post well, them on Facebook it. probably. All right, Dave Ellswick, we got a break. Bible Guy is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as a Aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Gotta like those guys. Ren Collective and Lighthouse. First time I saw them, uh, Russ, you'll remember this. It was when, uh, oh, the guy, uh, was it Chris Tomlin? Yeah. Chris Tomlin, when he came in, was it two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. And they opened for him (laughs) and they were great, bad. They blew me away. They just blew me away. These Irish guys and this one Irish girl get up there and they just tore it up for Jesus. Oh, it yeah. was it was great. They're coming uh, in again here in the near future. I'm hearing. Uh, I know Chris Tomlin is coming. Was it is it in March that he's coming or May? Yeah, I believe it's March. Yeah, he's having a, a worship night, and I guess all the different groups that's going to be with him, everybody's going to be on the stage at one time. That's awesome. So it should be. When's it? Seems in March. We'll look it up. I'll get you the dates. We'll take a look and see when it's going to be. Tomlin's great in concert because you know he's a worship leader there in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and he's a great writer. He's just written so many different yeah. songs and stuff, and uh, it'd be great to go see him in, in concert. I, I enjoy going to see him in concert. Anyway, I've had a song stuck in my head since Sunday. We did the Revelation song mm-hmm. uh, Sunday. And that song has just been stuck in my, my mind. Now I'll be honest with you. I could have worse songs stuck in my mind than that one. That's such a great song. Uh, I love listening to it. So, uh, anyway, uh, forget about music. Let's move uh, Cause Steve Hess is here. I don't want to steal all of his time. We're going to talk about unity and disunity and unity is like what I was just talking about. Tomlin. Mm-hmm. when you get a bunch of artists together and everybody puts their egos aside and you know, everybody gets to maybe do one or two songs. And, but the key is that everybody works together towards, a you know, a mutual, uh, work to try to bring the Holy spirit to bear on, on, a on a gathering. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It, it makes when the Holy Spirit gets involved, it gets cool. Oh, Amen. I'm just saying it gets cool. You never know what's going to happen. That's right. When he when he starts doing his work. Yep. So, why has is it a lack of the Holy Spirit, or what is it that has caused all the denominations that we have now in in Christendom? Um, well, you know, 
we can go through the 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 short history, uh, but ultimately, uh, it just comes from the father of lies, and we all know that to be true. Uh, but it's also the pride of man, though. We need to insert that. Uh, because I'm not one of these guys that blames everything on the devil. Sometimes we just make bad choices. We, you know, we're prideful, arrogant, or whatever. We've got our own way. It's got to be this way or that way. Uh, and and unfortunately, people bring that with them. Sometimes their character, personality, into the church, and there's there's no place for some of that. Uh, and then there's the then within that, uh, some people will start studying, they'll start researching, and then they'll study something out and they'll believe it, and that's it, man. They got a word from God, even though it could be wrong even though the way they believe it, and they'll bring it, and then all of a sudden they'll present it to the pastor, and then they get offended because the pastor told them that maybe that wasn't right. So then they leave and they go start a church. Mm-hmm. And then now you went from the first Baptist to the second Baptist or the first Pentecostal to the second Pentecostal. And the thing that bothers me about so much of this disunity is most of this disunity comes from things that we really can't prove. You know, most churches would find that they were probably 80 90% united in basic doctrine, that they believe that there is a heaven and hell, God and, and the devil, angels uh, and demons, that there's going to be a judgment and um, and that we should live moral and ethical lives. And we're going to find a lot of those things, that there's going to come a period of time in which the world is going to be judged. We know this is coming. but And that Christ is the only answer. And Christ is the only answer. Uh, love God with all your heart. Love your neighbors, yourself. These are common themes that we would find out uh, and that we're, there's so much unity. But then we may say, well, one may say, well, I believe that uh, in the Trinity. One may say, well, I believe in oneness. One may say, I believe in dualism. And then all of a sudden they go, well, we can't fellowship together, which is silly. And I always like to point out, I think I pointed this out a few times, that one of the ways Paul got away from his trial, and I think it's in Acts 24, somewhere around there, is he, he declares that his hope is in the resurrection. And then he causes a fight between the Sadducees and the Pharisees about the resurrection. He just kind of quietly slips out the back, back door. And the enemy has done the same thing. He comes in and says, well, these guys, you know, they play music in their church. They can't, you know, uh, they're not in the same, they're not following the right doctrine. Or these guys believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit or the healing power of God or raising hands or, or whatever. We find all the, and then they say, well, we can't, we, they don't see it like we see it, so we can't fellowship together. Uh, and being in a position that I've been in, in in the church that, you know, we pastored coming out of the, uh, uh, in the uh, uh, Messianic or Hebrew Roots congregation that we started eight years ago, and because of my friends and different acquaintances I've had, I've had the opportunity to be at many churches and fellowship with many different people. And and I find that once you start talking about those kind of things and just focusing on what's really important, there, there, you just find this thing drop. And that's why what you mentioned about uh, what Tomlin was talking about and, and doing this with all the group of people worshiping together, that is the key to change this nation. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate uh, some of the uh, other organizations that are talking about from the political agenda. But there, I heard a guy say that what set the, the nation on its path and on its course uh, back in the 1700s 1800s were the pulpits. Mm, oh, yeah. And so what, what changed is that those people were preaching about the gospel. They were preaching the fire of God, the love of God, all of the, the whole total package. And then it set the nation on fire. And there's a move to think that somehow if we just get politically things lined out, somehow it will fall in order, and it will not. Because in, in I heard another one, um, I can't remember who he was quoting, said, as the way of the church is the way it goes the nation. Well, if you want to say what's wrong with the nation, look what's wrong with the church. There are some people who would just absolutely refuse to fellowship with one another, 
not because of some of the extreme things. Like, I'll tell you, there are some things that are clear. I, I quote 1 Corinthians 5 all the time where Paul is addressing people where he says, hey, if there's somebody among you who's a brother and he's sexually immoral, he's an idolater, a covenant, a reviler, a drunkard, don't even talk to that man. Don't He says, don't even eat dinner with that man. And there are certain things that, that are not up for debate. But these other things that we that we do, and those aren't the things we divide on. Those are those are everybody understands that. Mm-hmm. But we divide on these silly things. And if we could get that unity into the body, uh, and where we could fellowship with one another, have worship times together, different sermons or whatever, that is what would change and set this course on its right on the right nation. Okay, so let me just ask what what, what would you say to let's say someone from the Church of Christ? that believes that baptism is an integral part of salvation and somebody from an evangelical course that believes that baptism is integral, but it is not uh, a prerequisite for salvation. How can they get around that so that they can worship the living God? Well, the, um, what is the requirement for somebody to be saved, right? This is the, this is the debate. Uh, even if their their heart's right, not right, and we're, I'm not going to get into this long thing about being wet, because you can go down and not have your heart right and come back up wet, uh, and nothing's changed in you. So we can debate about that. Got a fast bath. And if somebody if somebody's under the, I always tell them, what what are you waiting on? You know, if if we're talking about baptism, let's just go ahead and get baptized, and then we don't have to worry about it. We're not going to get into those kind of things. That but even if we had that belief, even if we had that dis disunity with someone who was a church of Christ and uh, and someone who is not, would that prevent us from being able to fellowship? Would it prevent us from being able to worship? Some parts of it would, be if you if using that example, because they don't believe in using instruments. And mm-hmm. so we would just say, okay, well, these guys are going to be using instruments. You just stand over there and clap. And then when you guys lead worship, you guys lead without instruments, and we'll just follow along and sing along. What's, what, there's no problem here. You know, but if it's a matter of what you believe versus what you're doing, then there's a problem. All right. All right. So we want to open the phone lines up, 823-0965, Give you an opportunity uh, to get a question in uh, that you might have about the Bible uh, or uh, to talk about the topic we're talking about, unity in the, the fellowship, so to speak. Uh, unity in the fellowship and how do we unify under you know the lord and that's what it comes down to i always you know and and steve you've heard me say this if it's not a question of eternity i can get by it Mm -hmm. you know i'm not worried about it and look instruments no instruments i don't think that's an eternity thing right i can go to a to a you know a a church that they don't believe in instruments and worship with them just as well as I can worship at my church where we got electric guitars and basses and drums and the whole nine yards. I don't have any problem with that. I just have a problem when people say, well, you know, there's just, that's just wrong. Right. That's the issue. That's just wrong. Well, maybe it's not so much wrong is that you're wrong in your spirit. Yep. That's usually it right there. You know, that, that's <laughs> the key. You know, I, I think we got to look at our spirit. By the way, I got the information. Chris Tomlin uh, will present Worship Night in America, and it's stopping here uh, at the Verizon here in North Little Rock on Saturday. I thought it was March. It is May 12th. I got 
the first letter right, but the rest of it wrong. <laughs> uh, Saturday, May 12th, Chris Tomlin will come in, bringing in with him uh, Kim Walker-Smith of the Jesus Culture. Uh, Matt Mayer is going to be with him. Uh, Christine, De, uh, I think it's DeClaro, is that how she pronounces her name? Uh, Pat Barrett and Tareen Wells. So it's him and five more people uh, that are going to be here. Also, don't forget in March, and this is how I got it mixed up. All right, March 11th, 6 o'clock, Winter Jam is happening at the Verizon. And uh, Skillet's going to be for there for that. Building 429, John Christ, KB, uh, Jordan, I think it's Felix, and uh, also uh, Carrie Job. If you've never seen Carrie, mm. she's going to. She'll do the resurrection song. I'm just telling you. And that will, it will lift you up when she does that song. I watched a, uh, a video last night of her and Chris Tomlin doing that song. And the fire was coming out of my computer. <laughs> it was just awesome. All right. 19 minutes after five. Steve Hess is here next week. Scott will be back. Uh, he has been working very hard on where God wants Agape Church to go. And, you know, the way that that happens is that the pastor needs to get a word, and that's what he's been working on. Been fasting, been praying, been seeking the face of God, and uh, will be coming back to the congregation to, to bring to them what he believes God wants them to attain for 2018. Let's get a quick break. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about New Balance Shoes over on Highway 10. And only at Highway 10 do they do the measurement of your feet digitally so you'll know the exact length and width of your feet. And they offer free foot evaluations and advice about feet problems you might have, plantar fasciitis and things of that nature. They stock children's shoes in extra wide widths. They stock New Balance shoes in 2A narrow up to 6E wide for men and women. And they've got everyday comfortable shoes for the worker and the athlete. And it's the only New Balance store in Little Rock that makes custom footbeds that will give you ultimate comfort. I mean, if you know the length and the width of your foot, you can get yourself a comfortable shoe so that uh, at the end of the day, your dogs aren't killing you. Make sure that you take a stop at the New Balance store on Highway 10. That's out on Cantrell. Don't miss it. It's out there towards Larry's Pizza and uh, the Sonic. It's in that area. If you're leaving from uh, 6.30, now uh, you're going to find, or pardon me, off of 4.30, you'll find it on the right-hand side. All right, so Steve Hess is here, Bible guy. Today, if you got a question, 823-0965, 823 and you wanted to, to jump in and start off with uh, some scriptures I did. now. I wanted to read John 17. This was uh, Jesus's what's basically titled his intercessory prayer over the apostles before he, before he got arrested. And I want to just hit the one part to make this point. He says, I do not pray. He's talking about, and he's praying for all of the uh, apostles. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us. That's the people who didn't see him. That's right that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. 
and the glory which you gave me, and I have given them that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and have loved them as you has loved me. He is making a pretty key point there, and I think that as soon as he prayed that into the spirit realm, mm-hmm. and the enemy says, that's the key. If I can prevent them from becoming unified, uh, then they will never be accepted. The whole plan can be uh, spoiled, if you will. And that's why there's always been some form or level of strife to prevent people from walking uh, in unity uh, and in per- and not e- not e- it doesn't have to be. That's why I always like to make the point: not perfect doctrine, but uh, just in the in the cause. And the cause is we believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and His Messiah Jesus, and that we need to love our. God with all our heart and love our neighbors ourselves. If we're just unified in that cause, uh, we could change a lot in this in in Arkansas alone. Yeah, just believing that Jesus is truly the Son of God, that Christ and God are the same. Yep. I mean, that's what he's saying. Be one in these simple things. Yep. You know, and that's kind of what I've been I've been saying. If it's not an eternal thing that it's screwing up, then I don't see why it's a big thing that would keep well, us. And from de- working together. And then depend on what people look at, that's why they make them eternal. Um, and as I said, the really only things that were addressed were the really the moral things, as far as not what you believe, mm-hmm. but what you're doing. That's what matters. And I always like to use the, the story that, that uh, Jesus used when they, they said to him, they said, um, the, the Messiah, uh, whose son is he? And, or Jesus asked them the question, and they said, well, he's the son of David. And then he says, well, how is it that in the Psalms, David said uh, that the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? He goes, how is it that if he's his son, he can call him Lord? And they were speechless. And so they obviously didn't understand the point that he was trying to make. And that's one of those little stories I like to say is, you know what? They didn't understand exactly who the Messiah was and how that, was, and how that played out. They didn't understand how David could say to God that God said to my Lord, but yet he's my son, so how can he be his Lord and his son? So if they didn't understand that, then maybe there's certain things that we just need to accept that we don't understand, and no matter how much scripture we pull out, no matter how loud we get, no matter how much we point our finger, it really doesn't matter because we really fully won't understand it until we get to the other side. We can have, I love having spirited debate about it. I am, believe me, I'm not opposed against that. I love debate. <laughs> but I've never broke fellowship with somebody just because we didn't believe something the same way. And that's the part that is what's caused all of our church divide is, is really as a matter of what we believe rather than what we're doing. Well, the biggest thing that I would ever cause me to break fellowship is if someone said there was a different way to heaven than right. through Jesus. I mean, that is in and of itself, the cornerstone that's of right. everything. That's right. That's the one thing that we cannot compromise is that's why we say it this way. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob mm-hmm. and his Messiah Jesus, the plan of salvation, the only way to the Father, those things is not up for debate. There are not many paths that that and the moral commandments are not up for debate. Uh, but how we, um, what we think, what heaven may be like, what hell may be like, when the rapture is going to take place, when it's not going to take place, if there's a devil, you know, all of that. Let's have a great debate about it. But You always laugh at me when we start talking about, you know, future things, and I always say I'm a pan-millennialist, <laughs> right. and uh, and I'll never forget, you looked at me really weird, and I said, it all pans That's out right. in the end. And, yeah. I, and I believe that. I know that Jesus is coming back, 
I don't know if the rapture is going to really happen or not. There's a lot of great uh, people who have said it will. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of great people who say it won't happen. Right. Here's what I do know. Jesus is coming back. What did Paul say? We who are alive and remain shall be caught up. All right. Fox News. We'll be back. Hey, don't forget about Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Do like I did. Instead of going out and having a rebuilt or a brand new transmission put in your car, have a well-maintained total loss vehicle, have give up its transmission for your car, put it in a 2009 Corolla and uh, called RD. He found one for me. It wasn't here at his salvage yard. He was able to find one at another salvage yard because he's by computer is hooked up to thousands of other salvage yards all over the United States that was shipped in. And then his people, uh, workers at, at Sunny's auto salvage did all the, uh, the, uh, labor and work for it, for it. They uh, took out the old one, put in the new one, got everything all set up, came out, was perfect, has been running perfect. That, uh, transmission's doing a great job. Three year, a uh, warranty, parts and labor, and unlimited mileage. And uh, after all the uh, other places I had called, saved me about seven hundred and fifty bucks. Nine eight two seventy four fifty one. Nine eight two seven four five one. When you need uh, your car to be fixed and you don't want to spend the big money on a new part, go to Sunny's Auto Salvage. You're the number one choice for recycled auto parts. Steve Hess is here. Steve is uh, talking about uh, the whole thing about unity within the church, and you didn't get to finish up what you were saying at the end of the uh, the last half hour, and you said, Dave, make sure you come back <laughs> and let me finish that up because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Right. Yeah, just because I quoted what he what uh, what he wrote there in First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians about we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. My point was not that whether I pick a, a – aside on the whole rapture moment was that paul said we so that means he included himself in believing that this would happen in the first century that the lord would come back uh and set up his kingdom on the earth in paul's day and so even with all of the great revelation that paul had uh, that peter had there was a couple things that they didn't understand even after the or even before the other story i like to point out is when that great moment where peter when he finally declares you are the messiah the son of the living god and uh, and and the statement that Jesus makes to him afterwards, and and he begins to tell him that he's going to be handed over to the Gentiles, and he's going to be crucified, and then Peter pulls no! him aside, right? He's like, uh, and so after he has this great revelation, then Jesus, not even probably five minutes later, says, "Get thee behind me, Satan." <laughs> so there was this point where there they they had a lot of revelation, but they didn't have the full picture. They didn't realize that there were still two thousand more years that needed to to transpire there was nations around the world that needed to be reached and and so my point is to say we'll have we have a piece of it but you know and let's let's talk and have a great time discussing those things but if you have some if you work with people who are different denominations don't go well yeah you know they're they're pentecostals and they're kind of weird or they're church of christ and they don't use music or whatever don't they're kind of weird right (laughs) (laughs) we we can say that because rd might be listening yeah (laughs) but um but don't get to the place where you won't fellowship with people, and that's the key. And if we can start getting that mentality out of our minds and be willing to just start going to other places and fellowship, and we could see some change. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that the, the term ecumenical 
has taken a bad rap, to be honest with you, because some people took it beyond what it was supposed to be, to be where you accept anything. Mm. If somebody said they're spiritual, right. suddenly they were Christian. Right. And and that's not what we're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. They're, they're like, a, that's why I always come back to uh, the moral and ethical commandments, because you can look at somebody and, and see how they're living. You can look and see what they're doing, where they're going. Are they taking care of the poor, the widow, the orphaned? What's coming out of their mouth? What are they doing to people? These are the things that are identifiable, if you will, you know, seeing people's fruits that you can tell what it is that they're walking the walk. If they're not walking the walk, but they can tell you all day long what they believe, then they're really missing the story. They're really missing the whole point, the whole picture. All right, helping the, uh, the the widow and the orphan and things of that nature doesn't mean that you're actually going to an orphanage and dropping off dollars. It right. means that you're giving your church money to take care of right. those things. It could be uh, all of the above. There are ministries because um, not everybody can go to the prison. Not everybody can go to the hospitals or the orphanage, but there are ministries. There are people that are fully and dedicated. I go um, about once a month down to Tucker Max and, and minister to those guys down there and not everybody can go all the time, but if they can support those people or the support those missionaries that go around the world or the soup kitchens, uh, but don't, uh, but I also tell you, don't just sit back and write a check, right? Find something that you can actually go and put your hand. There should be at least one form of the ministry that you put your hands to your feet to not just dollars because you need to be engaged and you need to be doing not just giving. So you, you tell me, all right, uh, you go to Tucker. What's it like in Tucker? Um, how difficult is it to talk to men? Uh, and I don't know, women perhaps that are, have no hope of ever leaving a prison. I've told these guys several times. Um, this, it, how this came about to me was a, a friend of uh, a, a couple that, that are friends of mine that they do the ministry down there. And there were guys who were interested in Hebraic roots and Sabbath services and that, and they kept reaching out and kept reaching out. And I was just like, you know, I just stepped down from my church to help with the school and I, you know, and I just kind of, kind of kept kicking it down the road. And I finally just said, you know, I have to go do this. These people are asking. So I go down there and, and then the, um, uh, I, I kept saying, what am I supposed to say, Lord? What am I supposed to teach? You know? And I said, I've never spoken to prisoners before. And immediately the, the spirit of God just quickened me and said, you're not going to speak to prisoners. You're going to speak to Christians. And it just kind of, and that really spoke to me and changed my spirit, changed my mind about how I look. And so I went into this first service and all these men in there um, were believers. And, and I told these guys after being down there just twice, I said, you guys in this building, some of you which have no hope of ever getting out, have taught me more about freedom than the people that I see walking in the free world all the time. Because with that mentality, knowing that they are not getting out, they have a sense and a joy and a freedom because and one guy said it this way. He says, you will never know what it's like to, to know that every day when you wake up, you will be reminded of the worst thing that you have ever done in your life. Mm-hmm. But there's got to come something. And the only thing that can change that is the spirit of God. And the spirit of God has changed these guys who are in a routine and they do the same thing in the same place. But yet they understand the freedom in the, in the deliverance of the Lord. And to, and to just see the joy and to listen to the worship and all that these guys do is just, it's, it's been an enormous blessing to me. I said, you know what? I said, I'm ready. <laughs> I told these guys, I said, I am ready to not go to a, a free world church again and just come down here and preach to these guys. And, and what I get, to, um, I really dislike the, the little snippet remarks I've gotten from people. It's like, well, yeah, they're prisoners. Like, you know. They don't have to come. Right. They don't have to come. 
and they think that somehow and there's there's this there is a mentality that sometimes that there is um uh you know um prison religion you know where it's just you know but uh that they only got it because they were there well sometimes getting caught is the revelation yeah you know sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you realize god's been chasing you and running you down and so if that's what it takes for for god to get you then i dislike this condescending attitude that people have towards those kind of guys especially now that i've spent a lot of time with them and got to got to know many of them and know their stories and to know you know some of the things that they've done and and to see that god has transformed these men uh who were some of them very wicked evil men who'd done some pretty bad things but now that they can rejoice in the lord and so i love it it has really it's blessed me probably more than i've blessed them yeah i mean my grandfather used to say sometimes you know man's got to get to the bottom of the barrel before he looks up that's right and that's true yep i mean i've done i've had to do that in my own life at times yeah there's been a time or two that uh you know you got to be knocked down far enough that the only place you got to look is up Yep. That's the only answer that's out there for you. Yep. All right. It's uh, about uh, 17 minutes until six. We'll take your calls. 823-0965. 823-0965. If you're driving, if the, there's ice around the road, wait. <laughs> next, You can call us next week or whatever. Again, don't forget, uh, I was mentioning these. There's some real good Christian uh, music coming into town March 11th at 6 p.m., uh, winter jam will be happening and uh, Carrie Job is going to be there along with skillet and a lot of other groups. It's uh, Christian music's largest annual tour. And then Chris Tomlin is coming in on May the 12th. That's Saturday night. He'll be coming in with some special guests like Kim Walker Smith and Matt Mayer and others. And, uh, we'll be leading us all in worship over at the Verizon arena. That'll be a whole lot of fun, uh, to say the least. Before we go to break, let's go talk to Jackie out in Roland. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show and your question for uh, uh, Mr. Hess. Uh, well, my question is, in Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, when we talk about unity in the church, I've heard this preached in different, very different contexts as to what the oil represents. And I just kind of would like to know what you think that is. Uh, we're going to do that now? Or? Yeah. You, can you listen in and, and uh, on the radio? Is that all right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let's do that, and then we'll answer, because we got to get one more break in here before the end of the show. Let's do that now. Russ, I'll turn it over to you. It's the Thanks Dave Ellswick the Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. I will turn it back over to Steve while I sit over here and try to keep from coughing. Something went down the wrong way. So uh, the uh, the story about the uh, the Ten Virgins. Right. So the, the, trying to understand the context of that is, for those who are interested in doing research, I would go and, and look up how the uh, the first century um, wedding took place and how that whole system um, set out. Because uh, this parable and some of the other things that Jesus told um, were centered around this event, and that's what this parable had to do. Uh, so, like, for example, when Jesus said, I go and pair a place for you, this was part of that whole wedding ceremony. The The cup at the Last Supper was more than just a Passover cup. It was part of the betrothal. Uh, and so when he left to go and prepare, prepare a place, the groom would go to his father's house and prepare a place for his bride. And when the father said it was time for him to go gather and get his bride, 
and it, a lot of this it was done at night uh and so and around midnight that's why this point was made here it says at the midnight that the cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming so the question was what is the oil uh the oil it can be made into a lot of things uh, i even heard one guy try and make it into money it was ridiculous um, but what I think it really comes down to is preparation because they were waiting for the coming of the groom and the five were prepared and five were not five had oil, five did not. And those who didn't have it, when they went back to go get it, then the bride or then the groom came. So what, it, what does preparation look like to us? What is it that we need to keep our oil and our lamps filled? Uh, it's prayer. It's living out the commandments. It's doing the things that Jesus told us to do. Because if we're not ready, if we're not prepared, and we're not doing all the things he told us to do, he's going to catch us off guard, and he's going to come, and our and our lamps are going to be empty. So outside, I mean, it could be prayer. Some have also said it was, you know, having the Holy Spirit. So it, there's a lot of different things that people put into it. But what I see in it within the context of the wedding ceremony was preparation, because they knew the bride or they knew the groom was coming. They weren't ready for it. Uh, they just they had the general time frame. But because he comes in a surprising moment and they didn't have enough oil, didn't keep their wicks trimmed, they weren't ready when he came. So the oil, I think, has a lot of different symbolism, not just one thing. Let me just say that something that you and Scott have taught me over the year plus that I've known you both is that you cannot look at the Bible from a Western mindset. You have to look at it from an Eastern mindset. Yep. And uh, it's made me read more books about Judaism and to, to help me understand. Uh, that's why, for instance, when talking to, to Scott and he brings up about, you know, that uh, John the Baptist was walking around uh, eating honey and, right. and locusts, uh, you and I are thinking that he's eating, you know, big grasshoppers. Yeah. And, and that's not probably what it meant. There is a tree that yep. produces a fruit that's called the locust yep. and that he was probably, and it tastes like kind of like chocolate and he's probably eating that. Now I would probably be able to argue the point that John the Baptist had a, a big sweet tooth, right? you know, but the bottom line is, is that that's what he, what he was eating. And you know, I didn't realize how much messianic, is that the right way of saying it? Messianic. Yeah. Messianic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, things there were to learn in that small story of when John the Baptist is baptizing and Christ shows up mm-hmm. and says, I've come for you to baptize me. And John says, what do you mean baptize you? You should be baptizing me. There's a lot of symbolism yeah. about what was going on because you got to understand what, what the Jews were thinking at that time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott has a great teacher. I really encourage people to get his teaching on Melchizedek, Melchizedek as people commonly know it. Uh, and what he was tying together, what um, what Jesus was coming to do at that time, uh, and in the transferring of you will of the priesthood and, and that whole order uh, that was taking place there, uh, we we always make that point on this show, um, and that's um, it's just one of the things that we always talk about because it's what's in our blood because we have come to understand the scriptures uh, by putting them back in the context who they were speaking to. What were the ceremonies that were taking place in that well, day? What was the language? You're that in, look, you're taught that in seminary, but the problem is they leave out the most important part, which Correct. is the, the Jewishness. Yep, yep. You know, that's the the one thing. 
Well, if you go on, and the Bible talks about the mystery of the gospel. One of the biggest mysteries of the gospel was how are the Gentiles to be saved? Mm-hmm. That was the biggest debate. Or like, and that's what one of the things that led to the whole Acts 15 discussion and all of that. And, and it was just it, you couldn't become a believer without conversion into Judaism. And so now that you had all these guys coming in, they're like, how are we going to handle? We've got the nations coming in now. And somehow over a period of time, we left that. And, it, and in a process of leaving that, it led to all of these denominations, all of this wrong teaching, all of this false doctrine, all this vitriol and just evilness against the Jewish people because we left our roots and we left the culture and the language and, and how God had established this whole thing and laid out this whole book. Once you put it back like that, this book is really pretty easy to understand. Yeah, well, if you don't understand Jewish culture, you're lost when it comes to the scriptures in many yep. instances. Yep, and, it, and it's why I, I, why I was saying about understanding the context of the Jewish wedding and the whole ceremony. And once you understand what happens from the beginning of that, uh, you know, from the betrothal uh, to the to the leaving and then the returning and all of that's set up, and then you put that in the context of the feast of the Lord and many of the things that the Lord said, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and all of this. There's a lot of these things that guys are fighting about that you can just go, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, this is, you're out. The reason you're out is because you've just made this up. It doesn't have anything to do with the context of which it was said, who it was said, and in in within the parameters of uh, of Judaism in which it was given. Yeah, I just, it, it, it's just, it, we're, we find ourselves in a sad place. Yeah. And I, I bring this up, I brought it up more than one time here on this show. It used to be. When you talked about the church, you talked about Judeo-Christian belief system. Here in the last 20 years, I guess, taking that long, the Judeo has been slowly erased. It's just like somebody took an eraser on the end of a pencil and they erased it away. And now it's just Christian. Mm -hmm. I like the statement that I've heard. I think it's Scott that has said it. And that is, you can take the Christian out of Judeo-Christian and you still have Judaism. Yep. But if you take the Jew out of Christian, yep. you don't have Christian. That's right. A lot of people, they'll focus on Christianity being something different. And when you say, what does that mean? The anointed one, the Mashiach, who's Messiah? Well, the Messiah of the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, the anointed people that God had called to be the nation to the world— and that's whose Messiah we were waiting on. He didn't come to forsake those people and then start something new and different. He came to be the fulfillment, the culmination of everything that was said from Genesis 3 when God said from that woman's seed. So he could I blow the door open and let all of us that's in. That's right. So he could redeem Adam. The whole plan back to the garden was to redeem Adam, and he used Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 sons and the nation of Israel to bring about God's plan, not so he could then take it all the way, throw it in the garbage, and, tr- and create something new. He did it to be the culmination so he could then, what, bring the nations into his plan and that we would all become part of the commonwealth of Israel of all of God's plan is. And once you put it all back in there, as I've said before, this book is real easy to understand. Did you see, uh, see the new flag in my studio? What? That one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't when I saw it I didn't know if that was the new or if I just hadn't been paying no, attention. No, that's that's <laughs> that's just went up today. Oh man. Uh, Elizabeth brought that to me as a present and so we uh we ran it up the flagpole so to speak. Yeah. 
really we hooked it up to the ceiling. But uh, bottom line, we got we got the Jewish flag flying here, right? Uh, in or the Israeli flag flying here in uh, the studio now. So real quickly, we got just a few minutes left. What's going on with the school? Uh, we are uh, in the process of recording some classes. Um, Scott's finished one. I'm in, about to finish one. Some of the other guys are about to finish. And uh, we've got um, a couple guys, they're working, finishing up the website. And then there's a couple things that we've got to kind of finalize before we can start turning it loose and let people log on to start taking classes. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have, I mean, you guys got a lot of information you got to record. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of it's um, been recorded, but some of it's 25 and 30 year old it's material. Dated. Yeah. So we're trying to get some of it updated. And we're trying to find the fastest way to get some of that stuff uh, updated and then not only just updated we've got to get it put into a format not just like a new pr- presentation but because there are so many online schools that we want to be able to uh, make sure that we're competitive in that arena as well all right we're out of time for this tuesday next tuesday steve will be back with us so will scott and the bible guys will reconvene right here don't forget bible guys at salemlr.com if you have a question you can always Uh, send your question via that way until tomorrow at two o'clock i'm taking a break i'm making my way home over the over the 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 river and through the woods back to the ellswick ranch see you tomorrow too the dave ellswick show podcast is sponsored by the juris law group we provide estate planning for all ages and we specialize in helping seniors get va and medicaid benefits for in-home assisted living and nursing home care for a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 